What's up? I'm John Huertas. I play Miguel on This Is Us. And right now I'm on the Below the Belt show. The Below the Belt show is closed captioned for the hearing impaired. It is now time for the bad boys of Baltimore. Pips up. Goes down. Fresh back from the West Coast, here once again for your weekly pleasure. And yes, I was on the West Coast last week. Still brought you BTB last week. East Coast, West Coast, no matter what. Um, I'm here you, for. I'm here for the fans. I'm here for the fans. And you're like Tupac and Biggie. <laughs> yeah. Yes, yes, that's a good one. I like that one. Chachi uh, McFly uh, is on the panel. That's right. The king of the 80s, a demotivational speaker. Chachi, good to have you back after a, uh, a slightly uh, long hiatus, a little two-week hiatus from BTB. A couple weeks. You know, a couple yeah, weeks you, you enjoyed some time uh, in Virginia Beach. Yes? Yeah, just with family. Yeah, so that's what I did, Chachi. Nothing, on the West nothing too exciting. Nothing too exciting? Yeah. Well... Well, the West Coast, you know, was was exciting, and I, you know, it was fun, but it was also very relaxed. And, you know, I talked a, a little bit last week's show what I was up to, but since last week's show, it was kind of fun. You know, I got to check out Venice Beach, and Venice Beach supposedly had a really bad homeless problem at one point, but I got there at the right time, ideal time, because um, it looks like they had cleared the homeless out. So. Um, that's the thing about LA. There's a lot of homeless um, in different areas of the city. Oh God, yeah, like shockingly so. Like the first time you yes. see it, you're real surprised because you always hear about LA and you're expecting in like the streets paved with gold and celebrities everywhere, but it's like yeah, there's a lot of like homeless people. I mean, I guess if you gotta be homeless, it's better to do it in LA. But that's a good point. Always warm. You're, yep, you're gonna always have good weather and. Uh, the elements won't be a factor, but uh, yeah, I got to check out in Venice uh, this place called Clutch. Um, two-time BTB guest John Huertas owns the restaurant Clutch, and um, I uh, let the publicist know that I would be stopping by. So uh, sadly, John wasn't there. He's one of the owners, um, but um, I got I to gotta put Clutch over because they had some of the best fish tacos I've ever had. Um, really? Even better than San Diego? There. San Diego, I mean, they're known for their fish tacos. Like, yeah, of course. But um, the uh, the fish tacos at Clutch were just banging. They were wow. just so good. Maybe it's something in the aioli or the slaw um, or the fish itself, but um, they were very, very good. Um, so I'm just giving a shout-out to John Huertas because, you know, he's a 
cool cat. He's been on BTB twice, and he's from our friends at PR Machine, wow. um, who's actually bringing us our guest tonight, actor Adam Corson, who plays Father Phil Orley in Surreal Estate, which is kind of cool. It's like, obviously, if you live in a haunted house, probably kind of had some time, a tough time selling a house, right? I mean, who wants to fucking live Not in a haunted today. house? Not in this market. Right, right. So murders in the house. You can have it haunted. You can have like ghosts, like ghosts? waking you up at three in the morning. People don't care. They're buying whatever exactly. house goes on the market. So if you have a haunted house, now's the time to sell it. So. <laughs> right, but the surreal estate is a show all about um, real estate agents that specialize in haunted houses, oh, where God. they remove the paranormal so it can sell. You know, because a lot of the haunted houses sell, you know, below you know the the actual value of the house so they're kind of like ghostbusters meets the property brothers i guess um and it was a joy to watch uh the pilot episode and the um highlighted episode five where um actor adam Curson, who plays father phil orley um has a very uh prominent uh part in that particular episode um, so uh, we are going to be welcoming Adam Corson, courtesy of our friends from PR Machine, Mike Leota, Rachel Sini. The publicists over there have been awesome to us. Uh, makes our job a lot easier, Chachi, because they give the guests us. So. Um, also, um, in Los Angeles, I got fish tacos back. You know what? Those things get a little soggy, you know. Yeah, so. yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I couldn't I, I do that. I love me some fish tacos. Uh, they're so good, man. And it's so amazing good. how they can make them so much better on the West Coast than over here on the East Coast. You know, know it, might, it might be all in the the uh, the cod. You know, maybe Pacific cod is uh, that much better, huh? Is is tastier than 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 the Atlantic cod? Could mm-hmm. could that be a, a fair guess? I mean, you love cod. I know that. I do love some cod, man. <laughs> um. And then uh, also checked out the Peterson Automotive Museum. They actually had um, a special exhibit where they brought the actual DeLorean from Back to the Future. They brought two different Batmobiles, one um, from the 1960s show with Adam West and another uh, Batmobile from uh, The Dark Knight. So they kind of covered both of um, of those eras. Um, They had really cool, um, you know, um, vehicles from from other popular movies like Minority Port, a uh, Blade Runner 2049, um, Ready Player One, like all these really cool exhibits. But they also had a lot of classic cars. Just the history yeah, they had the, of the automobile. They had the thumb on Louise car too, right? I didn't see it. that. That wasn't a part of that exhibit. Um, maybe maybe it's gone now. Maybe maybe it was. Uh, yeah, or maybe I missed it. But uh, but not only pop culture cars, Chachi. You you also see. Um, did you get a chance to see it? I did. I did. Okay, cool, cool. So they have, of course, Back to the Future. You know, you know, I was there. Oh, of course, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wanted to see the actual one. And that, um, and that, that DeLorean, that's cool because that's the um, the documentary that talked about restoring that DeLorean, and that's the original DeLorean from the movie, the main one, and it was actually sitting on the Universal backlot for like, you know, twenty years, just, oh, just like cool. just like decomposing out in the elements, and like they had like like mice living in it and stuff it was just like totally like falling apart and oh, like god yeah and like people were stealing mice pieces. living it yeah people were stealing pieces off the delorean and stuff and like oh. um and this one guy um worked with um bob gale from the back to the future um, movies and like painstakingly restored the whole delorean and it 
you know, like 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 the exact wire that they tracked down the exact wire they used in the DeLorean and found the right spools that was like a needle in the haystack trying to find the same wire to replace on there to get the same exact wire they used for the movie. It's just painstakingly stuff like that, every little piece, and even underneath it, the stuff that people didn't even see in the movie, they made sure they replaced it with the exact same parts. So it's like an exact um, restoration. And like, and like they saved That's it great. because. Because back in Universal, they used to have like a guy dressed up as Doc Brown, like one of the actors there, and he would drive the car around Universal Studios uh, and have people like get pictures inside of it and stuff. Like back in the day, okay. This is after the movie was filmed and stuff. So like they totally did not treat the car as like a, you know, one of the greatest cars of all time. um, Yeah, certainly so. So like it was really just falling apart and like like, somebody stole the uh, fuck capacitor off of there and they they put like this big. This big like PVC pipe looking thing yeah. on the back of it, like it was, yeah. it was totally messed up. People are but, assholes, man. Let's be it's honest. It's a really cool um, documentary. It's called um, it's called um, Out of Time, like restoring the Back to the Future DeLorean. Oh, cool! I have to check that out. Yeah, I it's mean, definitely worth and, checking out. You know, I, I I'll tell you, um, the the DeLorean was on display, but it was, um, you know, you can't you can't sit in the car, you can't no, no, really no. touch it, you know, and then. Maybe the documentary was kind of like the uh, kind of what triggered them to kind of protect the DeLorean because, you know, instead of people sitting their asses in it and taking, you know, like you said, taking pieces of of the metal, um, you know, which is just completely deplorable. um, You know, something like this needs to be in a museum. So, um, you know, that's my highlight. We're talking about um, um, Biggie Um, right outside of that museum is where Biggie got killed. Oh, geez. He was was leaving. one of the award shows that was like right across the street and got to like the corner right where that museum is. Oh, wow. Down right there. Right on Wilshire, I believe. Yeah. I believe it's on Wilshire. Holy smokes, dude. So you're right there. You know what? I, I, I I don't know why this museum's always eluded me until this week. Um, so I'm, I'm so glad that I finally got to check it out. Yeah. It's a very cool museum. Very cool. Um, you know, the, the very affordable, it's not one of those, Museums that will get you in the wallet, um, but you see so much history. But not only the pop culture cars, but you get to see a lot of classic cars um, and very modern cars. You know, I mean, you see the first like you know motor car from like you know the 1800s, and you see like um, the Tesla cars. You know, from um, the electric cars. You know, over the years, the Hummers and and all these just you know all these vehicles of history. Yeah, are I mean, that's, cool. that's cool and all, but. The Back to the Future DeLorean. That's but all you yes. got to say. That's all you got to say. That's the only thing I got to say. Yeah. Well, that's the only one I posted on, on they, my social media. They're going to have like just that by itself in an empty room, and I'd and go. That would have been worth the admission alone. 30 bucks or whatever to go inside and see it. Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so, yes. Um, actually, the, I believe that display is ending in by the end of the month in August. So, oh, really? If you're in the Los Angeles area and you want to see the DeLorean, yeah, I saw it on their website. I wonder where um, it's going to go. Not sure. Not maybe sure. Maybe back to um, Universal. Yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe so. So I guess it was on loan. Um, you know, Saturday was fun because you know there's always um, a really cool social club uh, called the West Wing, which is Baltimore Ravens fans on the West oh, Coast, yeah. and they have, um, you know, they they you know pick select a bar. They have Ravens fans from all over California, um, Los Angeles specifically, to to go. And I got to check out um, the new bar that they're they're having the West Wing um, social gatherings for the Ravens game, and that 
was at um, the Naughty Pig. Mm. And I, I was teasing my my friend who I was meeting there. Uh, Christian, oh, is that the name of your ex-girlfriend? <laughs> Did they name it after oh. her? Oh, no, no. Too, soon, too soon too soon too soon but uh did they play orioles games there too you know what i i think that the social club is only only um for the baltimore ravens yeah wrestling specific for the ravens it's hard to find baltimore orioles fans here in baltimore so i'm sure it's even harder so for, to yes find even hard, harder yeah, over like, there right yeah yeah but it was the first you know preseason game you know that the ravens were victorious against you know the saints so that was cool um and i uh, gotta put over a place called harriet's and thank the promoter allison melnick um she's like hollywood nightlife queen um she actually even had her own um show on you remember spike tv back in the day she had a she's trying to uh um revitalize um a nightclub in vegas called ice and it was cool because you got to see all the drama there but she's been in the game for a long long time and uh Definitely want to give a shout out to Allison for uh, taking care of me at the club that night. And uh, yeah, and again, uh, just great, great time with the family, celebrating my nephew's birthday, having some really delicious food, which I mean, I could put over some of these places. Tara on the rooftop of Italy. Um, play with words. Italy. E-A-T. <laughs> I get it. I get it. Hey. You get it, right? Yeah, great yeah. place. It's an Italian market on the roof. It's this amazing restaurant, Chachi, and it's it's um it specializes in grilled Italian food and pasta, and they literally have the grill like the of like the stone grill like right in front of you as you walk in and seeing the chefs at work. And uh, I gotta say, one of, probably one of the best meals I've had. It was freaking phenomenal. I gotta put this place put this place over. It was so good, man. Um, and then you know I always try to do a staple after I leave Los Angeles. Uh, one of them is to get a good breakfast before I fly, you know, fly out. I chose Egg Slut. Um, Egg Slut is a California <laughs> chain. It also has. There's also a location in Vegas, but they have the greatest breakfast sandwiches ever. They keep their menu very minimalist, but but it's for a reason because their egg sandwiches are some of the best egg sandwiches that you've ever had in your entire life, dude. I I promise you, uh, it, it was. <laughs> It's just so good, dude. I don't even know how to explain how good these sandwiches are, dude. But what comes on them? Well, I got the Fairfax, and I added turkey, sausage, and avocado. Uh, what made the, the the eggs, I guess, so good is because I guess it had some kind of like, um, well, it had chives in it, and it had some kind of uh, aioli that kind of just went really well with it, and the eggs were like some of the fluffiest eggs. Really? Very, yeah, I'm definitely very... a big um, egg sandwich fan. Exactly. And then you have your traditional bacon, egg, and cheese, sausage, egg, and cheese. And then they have a couple other variety things. They have poached egg on top of pota- potato puree. And it's a fast food style place. It's just a good, great place for a quick breakfast. Um, it met our friend Katie over there for uh, for breakfast before I had to fly back uh, east. But uh, overall, a good time, man. You know, so I guess uh, I came from the, the capital of entertainment. So I guess we should just, uh, you know. Uh, pivot to everything in the world of entertainment. So let's get uh, into it. Let us get into it, and here we go. It is time for the Hollywood Report. That's hot. That's bananas. That's off the chain.
Yeah, Benji and Joel. <laughs> Waldorf, Maryland's own. Oh, I've got to put them over. Um, all right. So <laughs> let's start with movies. What the heck, right, man? Um, all right. So, um, like, some movie schedules being shifted, obviously. Um, I say obviously because there is a surge in COVID-19 cases due to, uh, due to this damn Delta variant, guys. Uh, Venom, Let There Be Carnage, has now uh, been moved to October 15th. Previously was supposed to hit theaters in September, September 24th. Um, so, I mean, moving it two weeks, you know, I don't know what that's going to do specifically, but can they get a little more control of this in two weeks? I don't know. Uh, it, It'll all be over by then. Yeah, <laughs> don't really, yeah, no, the reasoning for that. But uh, one movie that has not moved its release date is Dune, and thank God because yes, HBO Max getting a simultaneous release for HBO Max. Um, but uh, director Dennis Villeneuve uh, did an interview and said that his film was made for the big screen and not for televisions. He actually had a, a very interesting uh, analogy. He said, frankly, to watch Dune on television, the best way I can compare it to is driving a speedboat in your bathtub. That's a good for point. Me, for me, it's ridiculous. It's a movie that, was, that has been made as a tribute to the big screen experience. So I know a lot of people are opting to do the HBO Max route, either due to pandemic or convenience, um, because if you're already a subscriber, you know, a lot of people would argue why pay the extra, you know, 15 bucks to see a film when you can just, you know, you're ready to subscribe to HBO, you can watch it at home. But if Dennis had his way, he would say, F you, get your ass to the theater, <laughs> watch, watch my film there. But I can't wait. I mean, the trailer looks fantastic. Amazing cast, you know, Timothy Chalamet leading it. Some of your favorites like Dave Batista and um yeah, just um Zendaya. Um a great cast, great cast. Um Oscar Yeah, I was never a big fan of the original movie, so hopefully this is like one case. Exactly. Yes, remake, the, the books better. were supposedly really, really good. Yeah. The movie was very underwhelming, so we well, were you know, I was a kid when I saw, so maybe it wasn't really my um demographic at the time. Right. I don't know, we'll see. Maybe it's worth a rewatch as an adult. You know, there's a lot of I I know you like to rewatch movies as an adult, but there's some movies that I loved as a kid back in the day and then I still haven't rewatched. So it's sometimes a different experience when you watch a movie, you know. Um it's, it's kind of like a harder movie to understand as a kid. Right. Right. So um I can't believe Fast and Furious is already um ready for their next film. Uh Fast <clears> and Furious <throat> ten is their Next to last chapter, which I don't understand why they can't just end on F10. They want to go to F11 for some damn well, reason. F10 should be called Fast 10, your seatbelt. Yes, that's that's good. Did you just think of that right away? No, I read that somewhere. Okay, cool. <laughs> yeah, man. I mean, why would they want to go to like F11? I, I, I mean, 10 is just, it's a nice, even what number. The money. They want I that know, money. But 11 is so, it's just, just such an odd number. I don't know. I mean, yeah, I don't know. but I guess they maybe they, they they have it mapped out, you know. But so the next film will be uh, in theaters in April of 2023. So that's where they're targeting for that film. Um, because F9 was very impressive. Um, 
earned an impressive 681.5 million worldwide despite the pandemic so yeah like here's a little spoiler alert um these movies are never going away they're going to be spin-offs and you know <laughs> you know they'll come back in like four years like like fast and furious is back you know because <laughs> for some reason like people like like to spend money on dumb shit so yeah They'll keep it, bringing it back, just you know. Mindless, mindless. Uh, I mean, imagine uh, being Vin Diesel. Like, what would he be? If it wasn't for this franchise. What the hell would he be doing now? Like, I, you're now right. He's acting, you know. This I is. Mean, look I mean, he's gonna it. ride this shit out, and he should because, like, he's gonna be a very rich man. Uh, he already is a rich man. Oh, he already is. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, Bloodshot. That, that wasn't exactly a hit. You know, it was like the last big movie for the uh, the pandemic hit, but. Uh, um yeah I, I don't think he'd be really doing much had it not been for the fast franchise um let's see so the Kristen stewart movie called spencer which is um which is a biopic um of uh princess diana will hit theaters on november 5th for an award season's push um interestingly enough they already have the crown on netflix not sure why they want to do this, but I guess this is very specific. So the drama takes place a few days over the Christmas holiday in 1991 at the estate in Nor- Norfolk, England, when Diana decides to enter marriage to Prince Charles. And then, of course, she passed away several years later, but I'm yeah. sure they will tackle that aspect. Okay. Um, all right, so the box office. Um, Free Guy, the number one movie, um, and you'll be shocked to know where the previous number one movie from last week, Suicide Squad, is on this list. It just blows my mind. But nonetheless, Free Guy, Ryan Reynolds, he's a great actor, comedic actor, great action hero, great, you know, and I heard the movie's good. Chachi, I'm guessing you saw Free Guy. You could talk about it. I did see it. Yes. Yes. I knew you. I can always rely on you in movie reviews. You always count on me, yes. Yes. Um, Please give us your take. The Chachi's movie take. I don't know what it is, but it's like 99% of the movies that come out nowadays. I'm kind of like just one and done. I watch it one time in the theater, and right. that's it. Like, and if you remember, like back back in the day, the movies would come out. You'd watch them like you know eight times. Like right. it was insane. But it's like see, like the movies nowadays are are decent, but they're not the kind of movies that you're going to be talking about, you know, years down the road. But it was a good movie. It was something different, you know. It was a different take. It's kind of like um, it's kind of like a you know. A movie based on Grand Theft Auto type of thing, like a, like a guy living inside a Grand Theft Auto. Right. So it's a different concept. So I can, you know, always appreciate when somebody tries something different. You know, comes out with a different type of movie instead of like just the regular remakes and sequels and stuff they usually do. It's an original movie. An yeah. Original that being story. said, they're gonna like. I already heard they're gonna be talking about making a sequel to it. They're so. actually yes, a free <laughs> gu- um, Disney actually wants Free Guy to have a sequel, according to Ryan Reynolds. Um, so there you go. Um, they're already working on it. So the, the film's ending, was it, did it leave you wanting more? Was it, Yeah. did it leave you wanting a sequel? Yeah. 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 Cool. All right. So check it out, man. Um, also stars, uh, Killing Eve's Jodie Comer. She's absolutely lovely and she's a great oh, actress. Uh, absolutely. She has a nice ass too. Yes. Yeah. Jodie's, Jodie's something else, man. Um, all right, so uh, Don't Breathe 2, the number two movie. So are you shocked that Suicide Squad is not number two, but 
It is not yeah. number two. Um, Chachi, have you seen Don't Breathe 2? I have. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Chachi, please give us a review. Hey, Don't Breathe 2. Uh, I actually enjoyed this one also. Um, it was... Um, like if you saw Don't Breathe um, 1, you know, of course, it's a continuation of that, but it's a totally different story. You know, same kind of concept, but a totally different take on it. Okay. Which I liked. It wasn't just a rehash of the first movie, which a lot of sequels do. So, um, and I guess the guy, um, the main guy in the movie was more of a hero in this movie. Last, the last movie, I get the feeling that they kind of were acting like he was a villain, even though I didn't really think so. Hmm. But I mean, I mean he, he okay, he, he did kidnap that woman and, and, and you know, and, and disseminated her because like she <laughs> like she um, was drunk driving and she like killed um, his daughter. So he was trying to get another um, kid out of it, you know, so, you know, welcome, welcome relate on that. Right. Okay. Um, <laughs> he didn't he didn't necessarily rape her, but he disseminated her with a turkey baster. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, <laughs> you know, we all been there, and um, Speaking but yeah, this itself. movie, this movie was was really enjoyable. So, good, good. Well, um, it uh, racked in um ten point six million in the opening weekend. So, um, but eight eighty nine point two domestically, and um, uh, one hundred fifty seven point eight million globally. So, um. It's crazy that these movies aren't really like staying, staying week after week. Um, you know, number one. It's kind of nope. like. You know, this is where I'm going with Suicide Squad. Yeah, yeah. The number three movie. Was it Suicide Squad? No. It wasn't. It still it was wasn't. Jungle Cruise. Really? Yes, with The Rock and Emily Blunt. Um, can you believe it? And and would you think that Suicide Squad would have been the fourth film? <clears throat> It has to be. Has no. To be. Not even the fourth Suicide film. Suicide Squad uh, was not the fourth film. The fourth film was Respect, the biopic of Aretha Franklin, okay. starring Jennifer Hudson as the Queen of Soul. I can respect um, that. Yeah. You can respect that. And that, I believe you have not seen Respect. I have not yet. Okay. You have not yet. Okay. I, I do but, want to see it. Yes. But but um, rounding the top five was Suicide Squad. Um, and uh, it suffered a free fall drop off of 70.4% less than last week. Um, and of course, HBO Max certainly contributes to the film's poor two week performance in the theaters. Um, which again, it's an incredible movie, man. I mean, but that's the thing, man. <clears throat> HBO Max, you know, the, the movies that are not on HBO Max. Or not on Disney Plus, or not streaming simultaneously, will probably do a lot better. Would you Would you say? I think I mean, so. But, but here's here's part of the problem I think is happening. Like you have a certain number of people who are still going to go out and see a movie in theaters, but it's a small number now compared to what it used to be. Right. So these people will go out the first weekend, they'll see the new movie, and then the next weekend they're on to a new movie. So like back in the day, you'd you'd have people that would be like, okay, I want to go see Suicide Squad, and they'll go out and see it, like, sometime in the first few weeks that it comes out. So right. it could be next week, the week after. You know, they might want to avoid the big crowds the first week. So now, like, everybody's going to see it the first week, and now they're on to a new movie. So... Oh, okay. So that that's part of it. It's just the right. quick turnaround from the releases. Right, right. Yeah. <clears throat> and right. especially, like, during the summer when, 
especially now they're having a lot of movies come out each week where they weren't before because you know you, you had like the crudes right that were, like in the top nope. five for like a year yeah right. for like a year it was insane until we got the normal box office back and people start going back to the theaters and now all the pushed movies are now getting you know, released one week after another right yeah. so that's exactly what's happening so it could be a lot of factors tying into the charge a very good it observation um you know just a couple of suicide squad notes if you want to um hear more about suicide squad tune into our show from last week but a couple of new things uh uh include an interview with um with james gunn who actually said that margot robbie performed one of the uh, one of the tricky stunts where she was you know hung at the top of of the ceiling handcuffed and she actually um was the one that used her legs to choke out the guard and wrangle the keys with her feet. Margot Robbie actually did that herself. So apparently Margot is like a human Swiss army knife. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's what you know James what? If I was that guard, I would just like retire now because it's never going to get any better than that. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Getting choked up by Margot with her thighs. Yeah, having her legs wrapped around your throat or whatever. Like, I mean, know. would it have been different if he was positioned the the uh, the other way, facing any, forward? With Margot Robbie, any any way is good. I don't. Okay, care. anyway. <laughs> like, he he could just retire now. I know. Um, How do you think I feel after being Academy, the red, right. red carpet? Academy Chachi? award. If he gets an Academy award for being like a security guard somewhere else, like who cares? Yeah. That's not Margot Robbie's legs are wrapped around Well, you. this hand has touched the small of her back, okay? Yeah, so. Right. <laughs> you haven't watched it since. I know. <laughs> no, that would be really disgusting, wouldn't it? Well, I agree with you, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but still pretty cool, nonetheless. <laughs> um, all right. So uh, another thing that um, James Gunn said uh, was he talked a little bit about Star the Conqueror and that he was very he, – he feared he, – as a kid, James Gunn feared Starro, and that's how he decided to bring Starro as like kind of the antagonist for the protagonist villain, so to speak. Um, so he also said this is a very interesting one that he was actually considering having Superman in his film as a villain. Isn't that crazy? Um, yeah. yeah. So basically, he said. Um, it was uh, when James Gunn was on a podcast called Script Apart. He admitted that his early vision of Suicide Squad, he thought about making Superman the antagonist, but then he switched it to Starro um, because that because uh, Starro had terrified him as a child. But how cool would it have been if Superman was the villain? But then the van, you're getting into like um, multiverse, you know, uh, you know. Um, what if situations basically where Superman was a villain at the end of the Zack Snyder cut, um, which would kind of tie that in together. But um, no, the only really mem- mention of um, of Superman was Bloodsport, Idris Elba's character. Um, he was in prison because he put Superman in the ICU using a kryptonite bullet. So. Um, Wow, kryptonite bullet. That's pretty insane. Um, so, yeah, I mean, this movie could have been a huge train wreck. I mean, you know, like the main villain's a giant starfish. You know, it could have been a horrible, horrible movie. And somehow James Gunn pulled it off. 
Oh yeah. You know, and all the people who love cancel culture or whatever, like you never would have got this movie if you would have got your way. Yeah, yeah. Disney. See, that's a thing. I really believe in redemption. Of course. And um, you know, James Gunn, even though he made those jokes, they were jokes. You know, he did not actually commit any pedophilia. He just fucking joked about it. So um. Yeah, and it's, it's messed up and all, but you know, that's back when um. That's back in the day when um, you know, people did stuff for like like shock humor, shock value. Yeah, exactly. So say the most messed up stuff they could just to get people to be like, "Oh, it's messed up," and they would laugh, but yep. not that you'd really actually mean it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, not that I agree with what he said, you know, or or even thought it was funny, but of course not. It was, yeah. you know, his jokes. Right. So again, James Gunn, brilliant mind when it comes to comic book movies. Um, go see Suicide Squad if you haven't seen it, guys. All right, films in production. <clears throat> Anthony Mackie will officially suit up in Marvel Studios' upcoming Captain America 4 movie. All right, so he's officially your Captain America, guys. If, if you saw Falcon Winter Soldier, spoiler alert, but yes, he, um, Anthony Mackie's version of Cap was <coughs> featured at the end of that series. Okay, well, hopefully um, this but, give him less time to whine in this movie. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, 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 who was that? Who was that um, woman who died in there, and he was all crying over, even though she was trying, yeah, to, like, she was trying she to, tried to kill, kill like, a bus full of um, innocent people, right? And he's all crying over her. It's like, shut up. And, like, <laughs> it didn't really make much sense to me. Yeah. yeah, I agree with that one. So that's why that one's on the, the bottom of the list of the Marvel uh, shows. Yeah, I agree with you. But, <laughs> but, um, you know, I, I think it'll be exciting to see Captain America four. Um, I mean, it's so a badass is, costume. It's the costume's awesome, yeah. but it's in early production, so they haven't started shooting it yet. So, um, well, um, news on Scarlett Johansson. Oh, yeah, as you know, she has that um, uh, lawsuit with Disney, which we talked about on the show before. But she just welcomed her first baby. I'm sorry, not first baby. Her first baby with Colin Jost, that is. Um, and um, the baby's name is Cosmo. So congratulations to to uh, Scarlett and the the it's luckiest Cosmo, Cosmo, yeah, Cosmo, yeah, Cosmo, baby Cosmo, Cosmo. Kramer, Ex- I guess so, C O S M O, yeah, Cosmo Kramer from Seinfeld, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Cosmo Jost, I guess, wow, yeah, so congratulations to him, but Scarlett, uh, you know, she's moving on from Disney, as you know, she's got the lawsuit with Disney, Disney dropped her. She just, this is crazy, man. She just joined probably the biggest cast you can think of because now it's Margot Robbie and Scarlett Johansson in the same movie. I'm like, really? This is the untitled Wes Anderson movie. Oh, wow. So, I mean, you got not only Margot Robbie, who, as you know, I worship. And, of course, I also worship Scarlett Johansson. You also got Tom Hanks. You have Bill Murray. You have what? Adrian, yes, you have Adrian Brody, Jason Swartman, Tilda Swinton, Brian Cranston, fucking Breaking Bad, dude. Wow. Hope Davis, Jeffrey Wright, and Liev Shriver, all in this untitled movie, um, by Wes Anderson. This is insane. Wow, what a cast. You, I could, my God, I just that this is just that this is insane. <laughs> I mean, that's really insane. So. Plot details on the wraps um, for this one. I hope uh, it's a remake of the movie Wild Things and Scarlett Johansson and Margot Robbie reenact that pool scene. 
Oh, okay. <laughs> That's like, with that's with Wes Anderson's take on it, I guess. That's just my, you know, I, I don't want to see. I hate remakes, but I want to see that remake with them. <laughs> That'd be good. I think it'd be pretty good, man. <laughs> I'm gonna pitch that to Hollywood. <laughs> oh man, of course. Um, Wes Anderson, known for Rushmore, uh, Isle of Dogs, um, and many other films. Um, all right. Um. Emma Stone uh, will be closing on a deal for Cruella 2. Cruella 1 was a big hit for Disney, which I did see and was a fantastic film. Um, now, um, also, Morgan Freeman, still uh, still working in Hollywood. He is a legend, of course. Working with Yellowstone's Cole Hauser. Set to star in an action thriller called Mooty from director George Gallo, which follows a detective who's played by Cole Hauser, who's unable to process the death of his daughter and embarks on a hunt for the for a serial killer who kills based on brutal tribal uh based on a tr- brutal tribal ritual known as muti. Mm. And he recruits a professor, Morgan Freeman, an anthropologist who hides an unspeakable secret but allows him to go deeper into the killer's world. So, wow. Sounds pretty cool. Sounds like a good film uh, in production. Uh, Dakota Johnson is up in Pittsburgh right now shooting a movie called Cha-Cha Real Smooth. Cha-Cha uh, Yeah, I know, right? Cha-Cha's really smooth. Cha-Cha Really Smooth. Mm-hmm. Uh, starring not only Dakota, but Leslie Mann, Brad Garrett, uh, Raul Castillo, um, and many others. Um, it basically follows... A college grad embarking on a relationship with a young mom and her teenage daughter. So there you go. Um, in celebrity lawsuit news, <laughs> uh, film lawsuit news, that is, um, I kind of have to side with this MMA star named Kat Zingano. He, uh, so Kat Zingano sued actress Holly Berry and I guess the entire production company. Um, alleging that she passed up a key UFC fight in order to appear in Halle Berry's film, which is about MMA. Apparently, she lost out on both. So apparently, they decided not to cast her, and UFC dropped her because she skipped on her fight to be on this film. Oh, wow. Talk about a double whammy, dude. That's that's crazy, dude. Yeah, so basically, there's a lot of parallels between Halle Berry's movie and... Zingano's MMA career. So she was all about working on the movie, you know, which is, you know, working with Holly Berry, you know. And then after Zingano got an offer to fight in UFC in October of 2019, um, that would have put a, a contention for a title fight, but apparently she could not do the fight and the film due to the contract. So she was kind of torn between both. She chose the film and then. Halle Berry told her that she could not appear in the film because Man. only UFC fighters could participate. What? Yeah, so apparently she was uh, with... Uh, I guess she wasn't officially signed with UFC, but she was fighting in the UFC. Um, anyway, she signed later with Bellator. But nonetheless, pretty messy situation. Kind of fucked up. But we'll see what happens on that lawsuit. <clears throat> All right, let's move on to television, guys. Over on Disney Plus, they just dropped a trailer for Star Wars Visions, Chachi. This is the 
anime treatment, the, the Japanese animation style of Star Wars standalone uh, story. So each episode How fast. Um, will have its own um, story. Um, so you're going to pass on Chachi, you were never big in the ja- Japanese anime. No. I actually like some of it. And, uh, and of course, you know me. I'm a big Star Wars fan. So I will be tuning in for sure. We will check it out. Um, but you know, it's you know, it will have Japanese narration with English subtitles. Oh, okay. I'll, I'll definitely pass. And you'll definitely pass. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the only evil Sith characters. Is the um, intro scroll. I'm not going to read a whole episode of Star Wars. Oh, okay. There you go. <laughs> uh, Bill Burr uh, from The Mandalorian, which is crazy saying because. He actually talked about getting involved, how he got involved with the show, because he's not the biggest Star Wars fan, but he actually admit, admitted in the interview that he made fun of Star Wars fans because if you see a thousand people excited about something, you're going to make fun of it. So that's the reason why it was misinterpreted that he actually hated Star Wars, but that, was, that wasn't really the case, is what he's saying. But John Favreau listens to his podcast, and I think him... Bill Burr not being a big Star Wars fan was kind of a reason why John Favreau offered him the role. But uh, apparently Bill Burr said his wife kicked him in the table when John Favreau asked him. And Bill was like, ah, thinking about it. And his wife literally <laughs> kicked him under the table. And, and he was like, all right, I'll do it. <laughs> I was like, why would you pass? Yeah, on being, yeah. yeah, I mean, you're, you're, you're being offered a role. You, you don't have to audition. You're already a big name comedian. And fucking John Fravor wants you in The Mandalorian. You fucking do it, dude. And he did a great job, I gotta admit. I think it, him not being a fan was good because he, I guess he got to just work on his character. He didn't get too over-the-top over fanboy on the set, you know? Um, so sometimes it makes for a better better character. I don't know. Um, he was able to bring his brand of humor to the, to the character, talking about how the outfit smelled, you know, after... <laughs> Of the certain, you know, stormtroopers, you know, they 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 sweat their sweat boxes, man, you know. So, um, also over on Disney Plus, we're gonna get the next Marvel series called Moon Knight, and Ethan Hawke is playing the villain, and the villains, the villain that um, Ethan is playing has not been revealed yet, but he did say that he's channeling his inner David Koresh, the notorious cult leader, and he said this on an interview with Seth Meyers. And Ethan Hawke had really long hair, glasses, um, and it was a virtual interview, but uh, basically looked very David Koresh. Um, And um, he said it was very simple and random how he got cast because he lives three blocks away from Oscar Isaac in, in New York. They're like literally three blocks away. And Oscar talked to... Ethan about it and said, hey, you know, you want to be a part of, you want to be a new night? And then Ethan was like, sure. So Ethan Hawke is now in the MCU, <laughs> which is wow. kind of cool. Yeah. Um, well, the first episode of What If was last week where Peggy Carter becomes a first super soldier instead of Steve Rogers. And in the second episode, we see T'Challa become Star-Lord instead of P- Peter Quill. And um, this is Sadly, sadly, um, the swan song for Chadwick Boseman, oh, wow. uh, as he does the voice of T'Challa for this episode of What If. So definitely, definitely check it out. 
I got to admit, I'm usually up to date on my Marvel shows, but because I was on vacation, I'll be watching this. I'll be watching all the episodes and hopefully be caught up by next week. Um, Chachi, have you checked out the What If series yet on Disney Plus? I have not. Okay. So we will be checking out. All right, over on Netflix. All right. Um, so um, Adam Sandler and Jennifer Aniston are going to reprise their roles from the first murder mystery film uh, for the second sequel and the sequel of murder mystery. Um, that was like actually one of the, the most popular streaming films in Netflix in 2019. Um, so um, look for a sequel for that. Did you catch that one, Chachi? Which one? The movie uh, called murder mystery uh, with Adam Sandler and Jennifer Aniston was on Netflix. No. Okay. But yeah, uh, if you were a fan of it, you'll be happy to know there's a sequel. <laughs> uh, let's see. Um, the Witcher Blood Origin. This is the prequel series of the hit um, fantasy series on Netflix. Ten new cast members have been added, including Mirren Mack, Lenny Henry, Jacob Collins, Lizzie Annis, Hu Novelli, and Callan, um, and uh Francesca Mills. So again, these are a lot of actors I'm not familiar with. We do know Henry Cavill, however, so we'll have to see how that goes. Also, Netflix is doing an Avatar: Last Airbender live-action series. Um, four leads have been cast: Gordon Cormier, Kiwantio. I know I'm butchering that name. Ian Owsley and Dallas Liu have all joined the series. Um, as the four leads of the last airbender and Netflix released a trailer for Q force Chach. I know you sent me this trailer, an animated series starring Sean Hayes, Gary Cole, David Harbor from stranger things, Patty Harrison, Laurie Metcalf of Roseanne and Connors fame, Matt Rogers, Wanda Sykes and Gabe Liebman, which launches in September 2nd. Chachi, what do you think of the Q force trailer? I was excited at first. I thought it was going to be the, um, the gay duo from Saturday Night Live. Okay. <laughs> but it wasn't. Which gay duo are you alluding to? The ambiguously gay duo. Oh, the ambiguously gay duo. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, Q-Force is uh, basically follows um, Steve Mayweather, an agent who was once a leader of an American intelligence agency until he came out as gay. And the agency was not able to fire him based on sexual orientation, so they sent him to West Hollywood uh, to disappear into obscurity. And instead, they, they decided to form a ragtag group of LGBTQ forces, um, and I guess they're just fighting crime and you know, doing good deeds, Call Q-Force. So. Did you see Anime. them out there? Have I seen Q-Force? No, did you see them out there when you were in? Oh, in the West Hollywood. when I was in West Hollywood. No, I didn't yeah. see them in West Hollywood. <laughs> okay. Well, keep keep looking. Keep looking. Keep looking. <laughs> uh, the Crown has uh, revealed the first looks of Dominic West and Elizabeth Debicki as they're playing Prince Charles and Princess Diana's for the upcoming fifth season. Again, we mentioned Kristen Stewart's Diana film, Spencer film, and now um, we're getting to that same timeline. Uh on the Netflix show. So I'm like, okay, I mean, it's, I don't know. I really don't sometimes understand why they want to do two biopics and release them roughly around the same time. 
Um, you know, one being a series, another being a film, but you know, with the crown, you know, they, they, they had it first. I mean, they were the, the series that, you know, was like the Emmy darling, you know, won all the awards and like, and then you got this other movie coming out with Kristen Stewart, who's not even English <laughs> for Princess Diana. So I'm curious to see how her version of Diana compares to Elizabeth uh, Debicki's uh, version of Diana. So we'll just have to watch and compare. But you know what? I don't. There's been other instances where two similar shows came out roughly around the same time about the same exact person. I know that they had like docu documentaries like the Fire Fire Festival. You know, the failed those two documentaries came out around the same time. But there, I know there've been like other instances. But if anyone yeah. knows. It happens Please all the time. Me. It happens like even like you know with like um the volcano the movie, the volcano well, movie. Yeah, okay. yeah, like That's like the point. um what was it called um uh, like that that too about the ass the big asteroid. Um, oh it, yes, it, it always it, seemed to come out around the same time too. Right, right. It yeah. was uh, how was that uh, volcano movie called? But that the thing is that's a fiction. But now we got two like very yeah. similar biopics coming out around roughly around the same time so i don't know it's just that maybe the timing is you know you know but maybe they just want to capitalize on like the popularity of of the crown and its fifth season and release the movie i don't know but uh, I, hear, I hear this like armageddon deep impact both came out in 98 yes um entrapment and, and the thomas crown affair 99 like turner and hooch and k9 89 okay yeah Ant and the Bug Life both came out in 98. Oh, there um, you go. Oh, there's actually a list out there, Chachi. Yeah. Um, Thanks for looking that up. Zodiac and the Curse of the Zodiac both came out in 07. <laughs> See? Olympus Has Fallen and White House Down, 2013. Yeah, White House Down. Yeah, that's another one. Yeah, the other... yeah so it's like. Hercules and Legend of Hercules, 2014. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm sure there's a lot more. There's probably more, yeah. Just weird, right? Uh, all right, let's move on to HBO Max. So Oscar Isaac, who is Poe Dameron, who we mentioned is in Moon Knight, and Jessica Chastain will be in an HBO limited series called Scenes from a Marriage. It just dropped its first trailer, which will debut on HBO on my birthday, September 12th. Um, it's basically the story about a wealthy married couple um, from the relationship's demise to its reconciliation and beyond. Um, so the series um, will be dropping on HBO. Um, and of course, you know, Oscar Isaac and Jessica Chastain, both great actors. I'm sure it will be a wonderful series. Also over on HBO Max, if you're a fan of Gossip Girl or the original Gossip Girl and you're probably like, eh, I don't want to watch the new reboot, they're actually going to bring back some of the OGs from the first Gossip Girl over to the new Gossip Girl. So oh, wow. they haven't revealed which actors will, uh, will be sh uh, showing up in season two. But um, in part one of the Gossip Girl's reboot, we actually saw milo the preteen son of georgina sparks michelle trachtenberg love michelle trachtenberg you were there when uh, we hung out at the white house correspondence dinner right chachi can you believe she's now playing mom roles god really and she was like in road trip 
and she was Buffy's yeah. little sister, and she's now playing mom roles. It just blows my mind. Yeah, <laughs> really blows my mind. So well, that's, that's disappointing. So, yeah, that was disappointing. <laughs> so was. Um, so, we are going to bring on to Below the Belt show. That's right. He is a new favorite, man. This guy has already gotten fan mail on Below the Belt show. And we're happy to have him back. I have to spend some time with this legend over in Los Angeles. Got to see some really cool things. Saw a cool film that we are not allowed to talk about. But nonetheless, Art Hall. Welcome. Al Soto, why are you lying? Chachi, why is he lying? What fan mail is he talking about? <laughs> I think he's misconstruing vitriol and hate comments in, oh, the, no, in the Facebook no. for, for fan mail. Yeah, like, oh. when did your mom learn how to use a computer now? Ooh. <laughs> yeah. I taught her. I taught her well. Good. good job. Good job. We welcome actor, podcaster, filmmaker, writer extraordinaire, the one and only... Art Hall, a.k.a. Party Artie. That's right. <laughs> and uh, resident drunk as well. So cheers. Yes. Awesome. I love how you're the resident drunk. I might have to follow suit during our, our uh, classic cut break. Um, Art wow. Hall, good to have you on BTB. It's been a minute, man. Well, it's good to be back. Thanks for having me. And, and um, actually, it hasn't been a minute that I've seen you. We got to to check uh, check out some of the cool spots in L.A., from the Very B true. side bar in what town was that in Los Angeles? Oh, where we went? I think yes, Tahunga where we met or Mike something. for the first. The it reminded Rattler. me the Rattler <laughs> literally reminded like I I didn't get off. Uh, my 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 plane took me to Glen Burnie instead of Los Angeles. That's the right. Bar, the bar reminded me of Glen Burnie. I felt like Dude, I was back home. Glen really? Burnie bar, Glen Burnie bartender, Glen Burnie patrons. It was great. <laughs> wow. Oh yeah. But then of course. On another night, I had to throw in a little curveball and invite Art to an A-side bar. Sure did. <laughs> and got and, me uh, stuck at a place where where each round was fifty bucks, and I had to smell the patchouli oil and and the, <laughs> the car noir on everybody around me. It was great. Uh, <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, I know. I'm pulling a deep cut from the early to mid aughts there. I, right. I don't know what these people wear yeah. anymore. It's probably. <laughs> Kanye scent or whatever the hell's popular these days. Yeah. Well, there's, you know, the AMWs, Art calls them, Chachi, are actress, model, whatevers. Actress, model, whatever. You know, they, yeah, don't, yeah. they don't know what they are. They're just a multi-hyphenate of nothing, so. They're just just, just fun to look <laughs> at, right? <laughs> yeah, well, I don't want to, I don't want to, you know, put distance between the, the, you're the audience members here by, by calling them out, because what if you got a bunch of lookers who listen to this show? They're going to be like, those guys are assholes. They're marginalizing me by calling no. No, no, no. no, no. We, we see the listeners. They don't. Look, they're nothing. Like there's no bottles. Oh, oh okay, good. Gotcha. Okay, good. Yeah. Oh, you check your you check your stats. I I do that too. And, yeah, and our, yeah. our show stats say the same thing. It's, yeah. it's, it's a bunch of lonely dudes in basements. It's great. Yeah. <laughs> I love it, Art. It's so funny. Uh, oh well, man, Art. Thank the um. What the fuck is this? A 2018. <laughs> Cabernet Sauvignon. That's what you can think for today's. Nice. Event. I love it. Cabernet Sauvignon. Always good, man. Um, Art, you took me to this awesome Mexican place called Jalapeno Pete's. Jalapeno Pete's. Yes, sir. And dude, it was like the prices. I'm like, okay, they're very, it's, compared to like the fancier places. Yeah. It was, it was on the inexpensive side, but the food was phenomenal. Like I was like, oh my God, the tacos are delicious. Like, 
the um, taquitos were really, really the good. Were you, yeah, were your um, were your oh, empanadas? the empanadas were bomb, were, dude. Were they banging? They were. Dude. And the thing that was interesting is their chimichurri was hot AF. I mean, yes, I, I had love a, chi- a good chimichurri sauce. That man. was really good, but. Again, I just wasn't expecting it to be as zesty as it was. So either they put in some like cayenne pepper or something in there, or they just used extra, extra fresh garlic. But it was, it was at a bite, but it was good. Yeah, that was good stuff, man. So Chachi, come on out here to the land of depravity and have yourself some jalapeno peats. <laughs> How was the chips and salsa there? Oh, delicious, dude. They had the mole uh, salsa. It was great. The what? Oh, the mole salsa. The salsa had like a bit of mole to it. What's mole? Ain't that a mole sauce, Chachi? What the hell is that? Well, they it's put like, a little cocoa. Yeah, it's a little bit of like a dark cocoa and some chiles that are like dried a certain way. Oh I God, forgot what kind they are, but it's just it's a very it's a very deep flavor. It's very good. It's kind amazing. of hard to explain. The it's sauce right. is amazing, dude. I never next tried. time you see next time you see a mole sauce, try it. Let me know what all you right, think. Right. You never had it before. It's well, delicious. just make sure you try it at a good restaurant though, because here's the thing: if you go to a cheap Mexican restaurant and you get the mole. There's no guarantee that it's going to be good because there's a lot of garbage moles out there. So go to a Mexican restaurant where they're known for like, oh, they're like the shit. And then I mm-hmm. promise you, you'll get a much better mole experience, at least to know as a baseline of where you should start. Right. Exactly. And of course, Art Hall, we'd be remiss if we didn't talk about what we can talk about, the amazing film that we saw. But uh, uh, we can't. We can't talk about it. But did they say we can't say what it's called? Or did they say we can't say who did it? I don't think we can talk about it in general. Okay. Well, there's a very interesting psychological thriller coming out late this year, early next year, by an actress turned director. Yes. And uh, I believe it's her second, maybe it's her third film. I have to double check. But a very, very solid effort. Um, And it has a young singer as one of the main actors in it. One of the main okay, yeah. That's so as I much can... as I'll say. I'm not breaking any rules, right? Tiffany? breaking any rules. Yeah. Uh, Tiffany. Tiffany. <laughs> <laughs> I know you're thinking the 80s, but Tiffany is far from young now, Chuck. Is that young anymore? Okay, she, she, was, <laughs> she was young. Yeah. Um, it was amazing, and I, can't, I, I, I don't want to put my foot in my mouth, but um, it, it left me wanting more. And yeah. um, my criticisms were... Tie, maybe tied to the ending, but I think that's all I can say. That's that's all I can say. All right. Yeah. Okay. I don't want to get into further trouble, but uh. Well, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. it's, it's good to get these sneak peeks, right? Of course. Yeah, we get to I see it. See roughly, um, maybe even close to a year before the audiences get to see it. Maybe. Uh, knowing how long these post-production, you know, cycles go, sure. Yeah. So consider ourselves very lucky, but. Art Hall, you're a part of the That Was Disappointing podcast, as well as Subversive Cinema. You're the man of two yeah. podcasts. And uh, uh, what can we expect in the, the, the more recent episodes that you just dropped? Oh, well, <laughs> coming up um, on That Was Disappointing, we uh, totally shat the bed. We had no guests. So what? it was a hilarious uh, surprisingly hilarious episode betwixt the three of us as well, we tried to navigate a, this giant oversight. And you mm-hmm. can still have a great show. You know? uh, we did. We it was it was significantly more fun than we would have thought. So that's going to be interesting. 
Um, and actually coming up next on subversive would be, uh, this, well, it depends. I'm not sure when this show drops, but, um, sometime around the drop of your show, mine will have had, uh, episode four and five potentially, which would be Serbian film and assholes featuring you. As yes. I'm the biggest asshole here, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah hmm. Assholes is a very subversive film. Um, that was once on Amazon and it, you know, it was a very, very weird, odd, disgusting and entertaining film. So it's a um, it's a you'll listen to myself and art talk about this film um, and everything um, crazy and eccentric and wild and disgusting and shocking. Um, everything about it. So what kind of movies do you hate Chachi? I want to have you on. Do I hate? Yeah. Hmm. I don't know. Chachi is a movie lover. He sees every movie. Okay, well, good because that that because I was partly expecting that I could give him a list of these and he'd be like, "Oh, those all sound stupid." I mean, so, I, just, <laughs> I do hate the Fast and Furious movies. Oh, don't worry; those are far from subversive. So, <laughs> yeah. those are about as by the book as you can get, man. That <laughs> shit's just like a, a I factory. Did, I, I did recommend three um, movies that you said you would consider adding to your list. You did. You did. Yeah. Yeah. That you did. So one of them is Kevin Smith's weirdest, oddest, craziest film called Tusk. <laughs> um, Tusk. Yeah, very, very odd. Um, oh, it's delightful. It's it's a love story, man. It's a love story, but god damn, it's really creepy. Yeah, well, you know, that's uh, well, w- what love is not a little bit strange. <laughs> Right. <laughs> um, but yeah, Clerks 3, can you believe, is in production. I'm, I'm so stoked about um, Kevin Smith um, shooting Clerks 3 um, in Jersey with the of original course. cast, which is going to be so amazing. I mean, Kevin Smith is, is the the king of indie film. I mean, he basically took a shoestring budget, made Clerks, and became the director a tour that he is today. So, um yeah, yeah. He's, he's king, man. Gotta love Kevin Smith, man. He's phenomenal. Well, he put his nuts on the line and it paid off. So. It paid off. Yeah. yeah. But um, yeah, uh, so Artie, we were just going over some television stuff. Um, uh, if we can, we'll move on to Amazon Prime. Um, sure. Amazon Prime's got Hotel Transylvania. Transformania. So <laughs> that's going to be dropping on that platform and they are bypassing a theatrical run so sony pictures was yeah they were actually um considering um you know doing the simultaneous release i guess or maybe just a theatrical release and they decided we're just going to make this an amazon prime film so um but you know we'll have the same you know voice cast you love like andy samberg selena gomez Catherine hahn jim gaffigan steve buscemi Molly Shannon, David Spade, Keegan Michael Key. So, um, of course, that's going to be a, a big hit. Those movies always do really, really well. Um, but I'm curious because they're not getting those box office bucks um, from families taking their kids to see this. How will it fare on Amazon Prime? Um, the Rock is actually producing a film that's going to be direct uh, with Amazon Studios. Um with his co-star from Jungle Cruise, Emily Blunt. And it's an action-adventure film called Kate Warren. Hmm. So it's based on the trailblazing true-life story of 
Kate, the first woman to, first woman to become a detective at the legendary Pinkerton Detective Agency. Um, and it uh, looks like The Rock and his wife, or his ex-wife, that own the Seven Bucks production company, will be producing. Um, but um, Emily, I mean, Emily Blunt will be starring. Mm. Um, yeah, I mean, The Rock's doing it all, man. Um, of course, a lot of people don't know he's a, he has his own production company called Seven Bucks Productions, which literally, when he left college to pursue a career in wrestling, he had seven bucks in his pocket. That's how he came up with the name Seven Bucks Production. Mm. Oh, wow. Crazy story. Mm. Uh, you know, I want to interject real quick and ask a question to the quorum at hand. Um, do you guys feel that that sort of shit happens anymore? I mean, history, cinema history is rife with this sort of stuff with Sylvester Stallone pulling out all the stops to get Rocky made. Right. You know, only having, you know, did party at Kitty and Studs for like, what, 200 bucks just so he could afford to like sleep on a floor or whatever. Right. Um, you know, you got the story you just told about The Rock, and then you have Kevin other Smith. actors who like get the, get the woman who did Harry Potter. Uh, she was homeless. Yeah. So yeah, do you think, this, do you think yeah. that this really happens anymore? Do you feel that there's a measure of hyperbole in this? There's a bit of revisionist history and just trying to Ooh, to wow, really joking, sell the quote unquote overnight success story. I, I think, think they're so. few and far between, but they become sensationalized because people are just so amazed by it, and it just resonates with people you know so do you think that the key to success is to actually be broke ass poor and then <laughs> try to get into the industry is that where, where no where we no I, I just because because of such rare circumstances they kind of stick out you know that von Resteroff effect you know it's just like oh my god you know kevin smith made clerks for you know two thousand bucks and look at look where he is now you know, The Rock had seven bucks in his wallet. Look where he is now. But like, those are the few yeah. stories we remember. But it could course, be that you know, you're hungrier. You know, like if you're that yeah. broke and you have nothing else to fall back on, you know, you might, you might, you know, go forward, you know, harder than if you have like a well-paying job that you can fall back on. You know, I kind of want to see the alternate history because you know the that what would happen is if yeah. shit didn't go down, then he'd be turning tricks down in, like, Santa Monica or something at Muscle <laughs> Beach. Well, I'm sure that happens all the time, too. Ah, oh, Muscle about, Beach. You know? <laughs> I love that, man. Oh, wow. So the Lord of the Rings TV series, um, the second season will shoot in the UK. They shot the first season in New Zealand, where they shot the, the original trilogy. Um, but they're actually going to the UK, maybe because it's a little cheaper. I don't know. Um, but are you looking forward? I mean, you're a big Lord of the Rings fan, right, Chach? Are you looking forward to this I'm not, I'm not series? Big, I'm not a big Lord of the Rings fan. I mean, fan. you did talk about it vividly in your Eliminate episode, so I'm assuming. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I kind of want to take That's a, a pause point. again and go back to that. Can you? Can I hear this story again? What, what's going on here? <laughs> Chachi was on a reality TV. Eliminate. Wow, you and the inimitable Ben Cheyenne on the same fucking show, just not the yes. same episode, huh? Not the wow. same episode. Yeah, no, that would have been that would have been hysterical during the same episode. I was I was too. I guess you know when I tried out and I didn't get picked, I was either a too fat, b too too much like middle of the line where I was like not party enough, but also not weird enough. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. yeah we got, you got to definitely be handsome to get on that show. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Oh. I, I feel like I, I could put someone put someone down here. I'm just not gonna say their name, but then how did he get on the show? <laughs> oh, Al wasn't on the show. 
Oh, look at that <laughs> deflecting. All right, yeah, I see those. Those yeah, he for Chachi to get the B. No, the reason why I was actually uh, involved with casting, and it'd be a conflict of interest. My friend Alan Weinstock got me involved with casting the show, and I was the Baltimore casting assistant for two different seasons of Eliminate. Were any of your casting methodologies questionable? Ben Cheyenne. They, so his episode. <laughs> no, I, I was well, trying to make a, a thinly veiled, yeah, well, you know, backroom. Back, shout you know, shout back, out to Ben Cheyenne, who's our the way friend before the Baltimore. Me Too movement, okay? Uh, yeah, I was going to say, yeah, this is like, yeah. you know, there's that whole backstage backroomcasting.com. <laughs> <right here. laughs> well, no, I think Ben's episode was like the geek episode, and it I think was, they yes, were looking yes, specific, specifically for, you know, people with maybe not the, the best social graces, you know? Um, well, you've seen, you've seen Alice Black Leather Couch in his um, house, right? Oh, uh, that's, that's been long gone, Chachi. But long yeah. gone. Isn't that the couch <laughs> that I, uh, I, I did maybe or maybe couch. not some illicit substances with a reality star who may Oh, made- my God. <laughs> Jesus Christ. All right, now we're going into way personal territory. That could be trouble for all of us. <laughs> Don't worry. Al was not a party to this. He was upstairs. He was asleep. And I've neither confirmed nor denied what was done and with whom. So it's all <laughs> Wow. That's just too wild. But well, this is what happens when you catch me after I drink s- half a bottle of wine in the first few minutes. So. Now, you did have the, your episode on um, YouTube, but it was since ha- sadly been taken down, right? <clears throat> yeah, I got to notice, like, just a few months ago saying that it was copyright infringement and they took my episode down after, you know, being up there for like 45 years. <laughs> and, <laughs> and then, but then I noticed that there's an actual, um, eliminate, um, channel now on YouTube. So they're actually putting up old yes. shows yes. You know, one, one by one. And I was surprised, but there were like, there were so many different episodes per season. Like, like 60 episodes per season or something crazy because you, you remember back then it was on like every day during the week. Right. Wow. Yeah. So, but your episode so is waiting, not, on, not, not up there. Okay. That's time I check. No, but I'm waiting for it to be um, put up. I think okay. I was like later. See, I, I might've been like that third season or something. So. Yeah. You know what you need to do? Just do that old trick where you mirror the video, then upload it again. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Ooh, the mirror. Yeah. That could escape, escape those, uh, those no, little they, AI bots. AI bots. That's, it wasn't yeah. an AI bot. It was, that, it was obviously somebody. There wasn't that many shows for Limited up on YouTube, so I'm sure somebody went through manually and submitted it because nobody's uploading. You know, these aren't even uploaded yet, so they wouldn't have found my episode. Right. You know, it's just really it's funny AI that bot. they're banging the war drum on a show that pretty much nobody remembers. That's that's what that's what I find to be the most amusing part of this. Well, they wanted they wanted their, them to be the only channel that had these shows. Oh, uh, okay, right. gotcha. Yeah, I mean, not, hey, it's a great not show. Chachi's, not your Chachi's episode, YouTube channel, and your episode was one of the more memorable ones, Chachi. Well, thank you. I've seen. It. Yeah, not not <laughs> being biased there, but it was very entertaining. You you uh, definitely um, charmed the the young lady bachelorette. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, any fans of Bridgerton? Art, I know that your uh, wife got you to watch Bridgerton, right? No, she did okay. not make me. We have a very clearly defined line where she watches the show she wants and I watch the shows I want uh, and nary the two shall meet. So she watched it all by herself and oh, okay. she, loved it. she loved it. Okay, well, she, she uh, Phoebe Dynavore, the lead from the first season, will, uh, has a new project. As you know, Bridget in season two will focus on other characters. 
Mm-hmm. Um, her new project will be on Amazon, and it's called Exciting Times. Um, and she's an Irish transplant teaching English grammar abroad to wealthy children. And she in, uh, becomes involved in a love triangle. Oh, wow. Okay, so there you go. That's the basic plot mm-hmm. of that one. <laughs> well, I love stories that we can all relate to, right? Right. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, let's see. They're doing like a, a duo cop buddy uh, film over on Amazon with Sterling K. Brown and Randall Park from WandaVision. Oh. Yeah, so that would be an interesting pairing right there. Um, project is being described as in vain of 48 hours, um, like which was starred uh, Eddie Murphy and Nick Nolte, um, and their childhood best friends who find themselves on the opposite side of the law. So. Kind of like Turner and Hooch, huh? Turner and Hooch, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Very good. Over on Apple, Tim Robbins has a new uh, show on Apple. It's called Wool. Stars opposite Rebecca Ferguson and Graham Yost. Based on the How Howie's book, uh, where a ruined and toxic future uh, where a community exists into a giant silo underground, hundreds of story deep where men and women live in society with full regulations they believe are meant to protect them. So somewhat um, dystopian, I guess. Um, something cool. Apple tends to throw big money for those big uh, lofty types of uh, budget type of shows. You know, They don't have that many shows. So they put in a lot of money on you know, shows. <laughs> it seems like it. You know? Well, they're trying to get noticed. And I, I, I can't speak as somebody who's actually watched any of them. They seem to have a whole lot of hype when they pop, yeah. and then I never hear that about it again. Show. Like, Sight was a big thing, and all of a sudden you never heard of it. Um, the, the Servant was a thing. Servant. Again? Watch my episode. <clears throat> so, is the show worth watching? Yes. Uh, if you could compare it without spoiling anything, mm-hmm. what property of M. Night Shyamalan's is it closest to as far as tone oh, wow. and execution? Holy shit. Um, is it like the happen here? I'll give you extremes. Is it like the last airbender? Is it like the happening, the village, sixth sense or unbreakable? Definitely not unbreakable. Definitely. Not. You've already knocked out. Probably. I know. Um, Split. I mean, you're dealing with crazy people. So it's got the craziness of, of, I, of I'm Split. guessing in terms of the believability of whatever twist he's trying to chuck in there. Yeah. Like, does he this swing too very, far? And is it the plant's fault? This is a very different type of series, Art. I don't know if I can really compare it because, you know, it's about a creepy mother who hires a nanny for a creepy nanny to take care of a doll that's based on their baby or stillborn baby that passed away. And is that doll also creepy? Uh, yes. So you got three creeps. Okay, good. I'm sold. Sorry. <laughs> Go ahead. Continue. I'm sold. And eventually, out of nowhere, uh, um, an actual baby appears. Spoiler so anyways, alert. Uh, anyways, okay, without spoiling anything, you said me not to spoil anything. So I, I won't say anything further. But watch episode ten. Watch for creepy cult member number one. Up oh, and there's a cult involved, Chachi. How about that? Al Soto, most truly. Well, typecasting again. Go on, buddy. <laughs> It's an Eskimo cult. It's an Eskimo cult. <laughs> <laughs> you guys are too much, man. My God. Oh. That's exactly how I met you, Al. You were playing an Eskimo. I was an first... Eskimo and had a state art. This is how we 
But, and you were a great story, buddy. It. It That's amazing. how we met, Look dude. Look at that, <laughs> you that shit 360. Yeah. Yeah, I was one of the um, audience members on Head of State during huh? the um, debate. Yes. Ah, yes. All right. So I got some exciting news um, that we're going to come back after Classic Cut break, all about Ryan Murphy's projects. As you know, he's got Impeachment, American Crime Story, American Horror Stories, plural, American Horror Story, um, double feature, and stuff related to that, along with AMC, Walking Dead Talk, and our special guest, um, who is Adam Corson from Surreal Estate on Sci-Fi. Um, all that, but let's go ahead and go to the classic cut. So here we go. Time for King Chachi's classic cuts. Holla at your boy. Chachi. Chachi. Such a great theme song. All right, it's Chachi in charge once again for Chachi's classic cut, where each and every week that I grace the show with my presence, I handpick a song out of our archives, pull out a cassette tape, usually from the 80s or 90s, and I'll play it for your listening pleasure. For a few, just a few seconds. Just a few seconds, yes. Just, <laughs> for legal reasons, or else, I mean, you all have Spotify, you all have Apple Music, it just play the song after this show and enjoy it that I handpick. But this week is no different. And this week I actually started, I think last Friday to watch the show for the first time, Rick and Morty. And yes. I've been, yes! I've been told yeah. for a long time that I'd like it. And I dragged my feet for whatever reason. You did and drag your feet. And then you were regretting dragging your feet. I do regret it. Cause it actually is a really good show. Um, I watched like part of the first episode before and I thought it was like more kind of like making fun of um, Back to the Future, which um, that's how the show really got started. They um, had some kind of um, festival and they created like a, a short, um, that's right. a short animated um, show. And back then it was called um, Doc and Marty, you know, mm-hmm. with Marty spelled a little different and, it really was like just kind of playing up the fact that, you know, why is this um, old scientist hanging out with this young boy? And basically, <laughs> like, the Doc Brown um, of the animated show was having Marty lick his balls for different reasons in the, ah! in the episode. So, like, he'd always would tell him that, like, like Marty, you gotta lick my balls. It's the only way. And then Marty would lick his balls. And then it was really disturbing. <laughs> but great. But they related. Were, yeah, but they were they were tr- the creators of um, this um, short were trying to get a cease and desist letter from um, Back to the Future. I'm not sure if they ever got it or not. But then they ended up, um, you know, talking with um, Comedy Central and was it car- or the Cartoon Network. Was it on? It's on. Um, well, it's on. It's Cartoon Network and Adult Cartoon Swim. Network. Yeah, Cartoon Network. Yeah, Adult Swim. And they ended up um, making some changes to it. Um, you know making it a uh, um, whole family dynamic because they wanted to only do like 11 minute episodes, um, you know, for um, Adult Swim. But then they talked them in doing like full episodes. So they had to, had to make a family to build other characters around. And, and that's when they decided to change that dynamic um, to a grandfather and grandson, which I think works um, even better for the show. But it's a really smart show. It's like a lot of, um, it I mean, is. it's a lot of crazy it bullshit is. that goes on, but then there's a lot of like cool, like, you know, sci-fi, you know, like um, 
different parallel universes and everything. Yeah, and they don't do time travel. That's one thing they wanted. To, they didn't want it to be like the right. Doc and Marty, so that it was just for them to go to different universes and galaxies and planets, but not necessarily travel in time. Right, so they right. haven't really brought the aspect of time travel. Right. So uh, yeah. So I really definitely enjoy it. I'm already on season three, halfway through season three, after just starting on um, Friday night. So um, definitely wow. checking my way through the series. I, I now know what people um, are talking about when they say Pickle Rick. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Pickle Rick! Yep. But a lot of good music throughout the show. And this is one song from one of the episodes um, in season two. Wow. The episode, I, had, I had no idea it was either when you yeah, told you me. Yeah, you didn't know. See, and the episode is Look Who's Purging Now. And this, is, <laughs> this is a song by... Tony, 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 Feels Good, which this song came out in June 15th, 1990. It was actually recorded in 89, and it worked its way up to um, number three on the dance charts. Wow. So definitely, a, definitely a catchy New Jack Swing style song. And I, I do miss some Tony, Tony, Tony. Mm-hmm. And here it is. Great Feels song. good. All right. We'll be back right after the classic cut. All right. Wow, that's a pretty graphic song. She's like getting completely railed at the end of that song, isn't she? Well, I mean, we got, you know, in the world of WAP, what are you going to do? <laughs> Even back then, in the 90s, when. Yeah, dude, Tony, two Tony, Tony, crew, Tony. they started it all, in my opinion. <laughs> <laughs> all right, before we welcome our, our special guest, um, Actor Adam Corson, um, real quick on FX, um, they just dropped the trailer for Impeachment American Crime Story. I thought it was great, guys. Uh, the trailer looked really good. I had the pleasure of doing some background work on the show. Um, I thought that um, felt, um, uh, what's her name? The actress that Beanie Feldstein, that plays Monica Lewinsky, looked like Monica to a T, so it was a good casting choice. Um, and although, um, Sarah Paulson doesn't really look like Linda Tripp, um, uh, they were able to use makeup and, and hair to a degree to kind of, um, capture the character of, um, Linda Tripp, which. It's Ryan Murphy. He's using her no matter what. He, yes. He loves yeah. her. It's, yeah. it's Muse, man. His, uh, ingenue. Yeah. <laughs> he always uses, yeah. always uses, uh, Sarah Paulson. And of course, Clive Owen is President Bill Clinton, who says in the trailer, "I did not have sexual relations with that woman." So, I, I want to watch the trailer just because now I heard it's Clive Owen playing Bill Clinton. I'm very I know, curious right? To see what that looks like. Yeah, September seventh on FX. Artie, check mm. out the trailer. And over on FX, also a Ryan Murphy project, American Horror Story Double Feature, just dropped a trailer for part one. So as you know, it's two different stories split into two two parts in in a single season, and um, one is by land and one is by sea. So I think that's kind of like the gimmick they're doing. 
Um, so Finn Wittrock will uh, anchor part one as a struggling writer who moves to an isolated beach town for the winter with his pregnant wife, played by Lily, Lily Rabe, and their daughter. So this is, I guess, uh, One by the Sea. This is the, the story by the sea. Um, and then the second half will be the story by the land or the sand or whatever. So also, man, I don't know how Ryan Murphy does it because he's also got not only American Horror Story, he's got American Horror Stories, plural, and just uh, announced that Dylan McDermott and Jamie Brewer will be reprising their season one roles from Murder House. Oh, in, interesting. Yeah. In, yeah, in American Horror Story. Uh, um, I, uh, the stories, right? Plural. <laughs> so um, it's crazy because each um, episode is a standalone episode. Um, I'm a fan of his work, but I'm a little behind on other shows. I do intend to watch it. Chachi, have you checked out American Horror Stories yet? I have not. Okay. Well, apparently, um, they already renewed the show for a second installment. It had already been in a hit. And not only is Ryan Murphy doing American Horror Stories, he's expanding the whole American story universe. So, you know, they have American Crime Story. Now he's going to expand to American Sports Story and American Love Story. I mean, that's a lot. Um so sports story will he loves America. Uh, he, he loves America. Why not? I, I, I'll tell you what he loves. He loves money. So. <laughs> He's getting a but, lot but of the it. Fact, the fact that he produced all those shows is amazing. How does he well, do- at that point, I think what he's doing in terms of producing is he's pitching the idea. He's sort of spearheading like the overall arc and notion of it. And then he hands it off to a team of people who can execute. And then okay. maybe he probably plans his week where he's watching and giving approvals or whatever on final scripts or dailies or some or episodes or whatever. But I have a feeling that the more he adds, the less he's actually doing with each of these. It's really just his name. Okay. Yeah. And you got to remember, most of the stuff he does is not, not that not good. That good. Oh, oh, that's not right. <laughs> but yeah, as you know, they have American Sports Story, which is an anthological, anthological limited series fo- focusing on a prominent event in the sports world. And then American Love Story, which is about sweeping true love stories that capture the world's attention. So we're, we're going to put that on hold for now. And uh, speaking of capturing our attention, we have to welcome an actor extraordinaire from this great series on sci-fi that you can check out called Surreal Estate. I love the play on words, Surreal Estate. It's a brilliant title and a brilliant series. We welcome Adam Corson. What's Thanks happening? For, hey, hey. For joining us on Below the Belt Show here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm happy to be here, guys. This is great. Are you up in, are you up in Canada currently? I'm not. I'm down in L.A. I'm down you're in, in L.A. L.A. Okay, so you're here awesome. Pacific time. All right. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Artie Hall, uh, Mr. L.A., and uh, myself and Chachi McFly representing the East Coast. Uh, but um, good to have you, Adam. And uh, I got to say, man, I checked out episode one, the pilot, and I checked out a little bit of episode five, which is kind of uh, kind of like your showcase episode, I guess I was told. Yes. Um, so uh, first of all, I think it's a really cool show, man. And uh, um, what a cool premise, man. You know, you know, you, you got to sell a house. It's haunted, but you're not going to get market value price unless you exercise the demons out of it right i mean you gotta have so it's a mix i guess of ghostbusters property brothers 
how, how would you best describe uh surreal no, man, you're doing a great job of describing it that's that's pretty much how it is it's it's you know it's a it's a show that um blends you know i keep saying it's heart humor and hell you know because because it's it is at at the core of the story it's this um real estate group that specializes in selling the homes that people run away from literally legitimately um because it's these these homes that are haunted that have some sort of malevolent being paranormal activity going on and we come in there and essentially exercise the demons um and we get asking price or above (laughs) (laughs) i think it's a brilliant premise i really really do in the first uh, episode we get introduced to your character who is Father Phil Orley, um, a former priest uh, that has fallen, I guess, due to being gay. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, pretty much shunned by the Catholic Church because of that. Yeah. And and um, from there, the logical thing is to become a paranormal real estate uh, expert, <laughs> I guess. Right. I mean, isn't that, isn't that for most people? I mean, I feel like that's, <laughs> that's where you want to go to. Right, you know, I'm, I'm pretty pretty sure I saw that in the down Dan Brown book or something when they talk about priests. So it makes sense. Yeah, it's just what right, you do. Exactly. We got the Exorcist. You know, we you know there there are a lot of lot of uh, places that we can draw from. No, it, you know the guy Father Phil is a, is an interesting character because he grew up um, in the Catholic Church and he grew up wanting to uh, fight demons, literal demons. Not necessarily the ones that are metaphorical, the ones that are inside all of us. No, no, no. Screw that. Right. He wants to go after, you know, the, you know, the horned, you know, big tail demons that are out there. So <laughs> when he got shunned from the church um, for who he was, who he is, uh, it's funny that he ended up in this in this um, real estate group doing exactly what he wanted to do, which was fight the demons. Awesome. And of course, a great team of paranormal real estate people, including um, some Shits Creek veterans and. Myself and Artie, we're big uh, Schitt's Creek fans, and just to see um, Tim Rosen, who, uh, who was Mud on Schitt's Creek, and Sarah Le- Levy, um, who was Twyla from Schitt's Creek, um, in very different roles from their Schitt's Creek counterparts, and it was it was really cool to see them in those roles. Uh, how did how was ex- your experience working with the Schitt's Creek alums? <laughs> well, they're phenomenal people, and I'm not just saying yeah. that. I actually knew Sarah before. We did this show. So this was a really fun reunion for us to, to come together and, and work on this together. But Tim and Sarah are one of the classiest, uh, generous, kindest people um, that are out there. And, and they really um, were able to set that tone on set, especially because we shot this during COVID. Right. We shot this right. last fall. So this was this was at a time that, you know, all the precautions were in place. I mean, they still are today. But uh, Blue Ice Pictures, who, who are a production company, they, they did such a phenomenal job at keeping us all safe. But in right. this time, Good. it's like you well have, have some jerks that you're working with. But it was we got real fortunate. We had the complete opposite. And, and like I said, that was led by Tim and Sarah, who were just, you know, some of the best people that come to set every day. You know, we, we were such a fun group. We want to collaborate. We want to try different things. You know, it was it was a healthy environment to, to play off of. Wow. And you shot in uh, Newfoundland and Labrador? That's right. Yeah. How was that experience? About East Coast as you can get. Yeah. <laughs> That's like you jump off the coast of Newfoundland, you're coming up in Ireland. Wow. 
Holy smokes. And <clears throat> tell us a little bit about the production in, in, in that area. Of course, um, Canada just, just, just budding with so much production in general. Production Vancouver a lot. And of course, Toronto. And now, of course, now you're mentioning, uh, you know, Newfoundland, which is yeah. wild as well. So Montreal too. Montreal has got a great, has got a great production. Um, yeah. Community there. I actually shot a show in Halifax, which is in Nova Scotia a few years back. And there's just something really special about the, the maritime crews. They're just, they're so tight and they work together all the time. They just get it on a different level. That just makes um, our jobs that much easier. Um, and it was my first time in Newfoundland. Um, and I was pleasantly surprised that one, I mean, it's just gorgeous. I mean, yeah. you knock out your door, you're, you're in some sort of magical land. How um, cool. And, uh, and the crews were incredible. Honestly, we, we were really, again, fortunate with them and dealing with everything. Um, Newfoundland is also, it's, it's, it's it's this interesting place where you know a lot of immigrants came from the UK and Ireland way way back in the day, and their language is very interesting. They've got this really cool tradition where uh, we couldn't experience it because we we had finished production right before Christmas. But one of their right. one of their traditions at Christmas time is to go around to people's homes, break in, what? and steal their, and it's like. A celebrated thing. That's just wow. what they do. It's like if you got picked to be to like get your booze stolen, I don't know, you get like you just feel respected or something. I mean, <laughs> you should be happy someone's breaking into your home. As exactly. To exactly. <laughs> That's a cool. But I mean, it goes to it goes to that to that culture there. Everyone's super kind and um and and welcoming there. So uh yeah, and a great place for for this show. I mean. The homes themselves are such characters that, uh, you know, you really need a, a landscape and place to emphasize that. Um, of course, it has to have something that looks supernatural and you can have yeah. those elements, right? Oh, completely. The house yeah. that I was sitting in, I swear, was haunted. Oh, wow. <laughs> it was just like, like 100-year-old home, um, Victorian home. And I'm telling you, I walked in there because also when we got there, we had to be in quarantine, right? We were in quarantine for 14 days. Right. When I walked in there, it was like that scene in Beetlejuice where, you know, they they die. Gina Davis and Alec Baldwin die and then they come mm. back home and they can't leave. That's what it was. <laughs> That's what it felt like. <laughs> it was just <laughs> bizarre. bizarre. Adam, if you could tell us a little bit about the the, the journey uh, as far as getting cast in, in Surreal um, Estate. How, how did that go for you? Uh, that was, I was in LA and, um, we, uh, again, during, during COVID times, just, just crazy time. Uh, Jason Knight was a casting director, sent over, um, the material, um, and, uh, looked it over, put myself on tape, um, sent it back. And, uh, honestly, the rest was history because of COVID they couldn't do like traditional screen tests or chemistry reads or anything like that. Right. Um, they basically, you know, whatever your tape was, you know, it either worked or it didn't. And, and thankfully, George Olsen, who's the creator of the show, he gave me such great material to work off of. Um, basically, this like four page monologue on uh, yeah. basically who my character was. So it was really easy to look at the character breakdown, look at the material and and uh, really put together a, a who Father Phil Orly is. Nice. And once uh, 
Cass's father, Phil, is there any like research on priests or, or uh, maybe studied any priests or anything, or you kind of just took your own um, will with the character? No, I mean, there was definitely, look, with every character that you play, there, there are definitely things that you sort of, you're drawn to that, that, um, that you see in yourself, um, right. you see in others that you know, but, um, so there were things in, in, in Father Phil that I actually saw personally, sort of my own, um, belief system, my own sort of struggle with religion and all that and faith, um, I was able to draw from, but I didn't grow up Catholic, right? So, um, <laughs> there are certain things in the show um, we haven't even got to yet in the season. I performed a, a specific ritual um, that I uh, I looked up and 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 did some research on that in that way. But uh, um, yeah, I, I this one uh, more so than than others. I had to I had to sort of um, do a little bit of backstory and draw in and draw in some some things that I didn't know about with Catholicism and whatnot. Right. Okay. Yes, I was raised Catholic, so I I know how strict some of their, uh, their guidelines can be as far as the yeah. church goes. Hey, you know? We're doing the second season. We can tag team. You can come in and do some yeah, stuff. Yeah, please. Yeah, do you have any day player roles available? <laughs> <laughs> Myself and Art are actors. Look, we'll, at, we'll look at Al always on the hunt. <laughs> I, I never I never did that. I never do that usually, Adam, until an actor jokes or, or, or offers it. But <laughs> Yes, I have a hey, bill. Don't don't buy it, Adam. This, uh, is, this is weird. This well, we is could build Father Phil's posse. You know, we could fill it there out. There you the go. That, that's actually a pitch. Is Father Phil suddenly got a bunch of other guys from the seminary yes. to come out and be like, "Hey, man, you know what? We got the boot too. What yeah. you got?" Exactly. <laughs> we got Absolutely, boot, it's writing itself. Really, it's in the writers' room already. Season two. It's <laughs> old man. Happening that's now. But I got to tell you, the effects, the special effects are, are on point, man. In the first episode, you had some kind of wolf creature. I don't know if it was a ghost or not, but uh, that was a really good CG for that. And then uh, in episode five, you had this creepy black-eyed humanoid-type figure that had black goo or black blood seeping from its veins, um, choking you. Um, so <laughs> let's talk about that scene uh, in episode five, uh, with, uh, uh, in that scene in particular with that creature. Yeah, that was a, that was a fun scene to shoot, um, especially doing with um, Mo, who plays August. Um, we had a blast shooting that scene. And Melanie Scrafano was, was our director, um, who, you know, is Winona Earp. And so we... That was probably the one of the most physical scenes um, I had to do that season, um, especially because I was also doing my own stunts, right? So the part oh, you where did I flipped all my back. Yes, I saw that. Yeah, that's not a stunt, man. So it was, it was, um, it was intense, but it was a blast. I mean, again, like you talk about, like going like to when we were kids, using your imagination, and right. playing, you know, in these in this world, um, you couldn't ask for anything more with this scene um it, it had everything you know uh but definitely the most physical and and definitely one of the most fun for sure wow now, that's going behind the scenes on that so was the decision for you to do your own stunts was that a production based thing was that a you thing or was it you know, like what was what was the reasoning behind there that was a me thing that was a okay. that was definitely a me thing um in respect to that a, what's that I said, I can respect that. Yeah, I just, you know what? When you can have the opportunity, when they trust you to do it, and we had great stunt coordinators on the show, 
like working with you, mm-hmm. it's always better than swapping out and having someone else come in, you know? Yeah. Um, so, so anytime I have, I have the opportunity to do so, I will jump in and do it. And there are other things that happen that we barely scratched the surface in this season. Oh, like, wow. There's so much more stuff to come, um, more scares, more like just crazy stuff. Um, I want to swear so bad. Are we allowed to swear on the show? You can, you can say whatever the fuck you want. Oh, there's some yeah. there's crazy shit happening in this season. That'd <laughs> 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 be fucking shit. Like, it's just wait. Well, um, you, and you so got a new fan stuff. in me, Adam. You got a new fan in me. I, I, I love the, <laughs> I love the episodes I saw. So, uh, and I'm a Shit's Creek fan, so I'm already invested. You know. <laughs> Completely, I get it. For sure. It's kind of like the the supernatural Shit's Creek uh, sequel, you know, <laughs> in an alternate timeline. So all all the Shit's Creek's viewers come watch watch the real estate on Sci-Fi, <laughs> or if you're in Canada, watch it in the ca- ca- Canadian uh, Sci-Fi TV version. TV Sci-Fi, yeah. Yeah, it's different. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> very very cool. That is awesome. So so uh, upcoming episodes. Of what 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 kind of craziness can we expect uh, for the rest of the season without revealing uh, too much? Definitely uh, more scares, like stuff that I even knew was coming up because, you know, I've seen it all. Um, the oh, stuff nice. that's, that's that I knew was coming, I still jumped out of my seat. So there are more scares. There are more stunts, more demons. Um, but like I said, you haven't seen anything yet. And, and what you think you know, it's all going to change. There's some cliffhangers. Oh, going to leave you um questioning um stuff so um a lot of a lot of fun to be had um i i really feel like yeah this season just gets better and better with every episode i love it so let's pivot now to another um series and, and of course in the supernatural vein yeah um it's a horror film called the stairs yeah um which had a, a release in theaters on august 12th and now has a digital uh release on August 27th, so uh, coming up, guys, you can check it out. And you actually won Best Actor at the International Horror Hotel Film Festival, so congratulations I on that. Did. I didn't have to pay anyone for it either. It just yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's the best kind of award to get, damn yes. it. Right? <laughs> Are you, you alluding to sell your body or your soul? That's great. Are you alluding bit. to Adam that major award shows might have studios pay some money on? <laughs> <laughs> I, I think he's alluding to the fact that most award shows are nothing but but add a boy gimme so the kudos for that yeah. <laughs> well we saw the trailer art what do you think of the trailer art i thought it looked pretty dope i'm a horror fan and i mean oh, I it, it's a surreal man. image to it's see a stairway fun. in the woods so i'm sold I mean, as soon as I saw that, I'm like, what the fuck's happening? I want to know. I'll watch it. <laughs> so, I mean, look, it looks it looks really good. It looks a, And I love that the trailer didn't really, it told you enough, but it didn't tell you shit. You yeah. know, the, the trailer said crazy things happen and there's no way of knowing where it's going to go. And I appreciate that without spoon feeding me the, the, the notion of what the, the hook or the cell is. So. Well, it's funny because uh, I appreciate you saying that. Thank you. It's uh, it's funny now how we'll watch something on Netflix and we'll see the trailer and then it's like, well, we've already seen the whole thing. Why are we why are we going to watch the movie now? Right. Um, also, what I love about this film is that even uh, when you're watching the film, they have left things unanswered, which I mm-hmm. think is a cool thing to do. 
um, because it, one, leaves it up to audience interpretation, but also leaves room for sequels and prequels and whatever you want to do with it. Um, it definitely doesn't spoon feed, spoon feed the audience at all. Uh, we're smart as audiences. We don't need to know every single thing and why right. it's happening. You yep. know? It takes out the, the surprise factor, the WTF factor, the shock factor. I mean, you know, there's so many things they have to be very careful for when uh, uh, giving someone uh, a little taste in a trailer, so to speak. So, uh, But you're joined by some great veteran actors like Kathleen Quinlan and John Snyder um, from Dukes of Hazard fame. And um, yeah, so what was it like working with, with, with some of the, the cast in, in this particular horror film? So uh, John and I, the day I arrived was the day John left. So we actually never, and our scenes weren't together anyway. Um, ah. Kathleen and I had did, we did a movie years ago together. Um, so it was great seeing her and she's just wonderful and amazing. And, and I've always been a huge fan of Kathleen. So, um, yeah. so that's, that was cool. Um, but the majority of the film um, I did with, with, you know, the other, you know, friends of mine um, that go into the woods um, and again, it, it, I feel, I feel quite blessed cause I've, I've been able to work with some really great people. And this was another project where we just bonded really quickly. I mean, you sort of have to, we're in the wood, literal woods, right. you know, there's no, right. there's no back lot set. Like we're in Seattle, Washington, Washington state woods. Oh, uh, um, that's where you're shooting. Gotcha. Yeah. So, so there were some long nights. We did a lot of night shoots. Um, Ooh. so we had, we had a great great group brent bailey josh karate um uh, stacy and tyra were amazing um and and josh and i mean we we would have antics man like offset and and you know videos i gotta release these on on instagram or twitter or something because we just got into some shit it was fun. <laughs> what, what, what can you tell us about nick so nick is is um you know he's an underdog. He he's he comes on this hike um, with his brother, uh, who's played by Brent Bailey, and um, he's the he's the guy that just wants to get along. You know he wants to be a part of the group, uh, whatever he's got to do. He comes ill prepared for this hike. He he packs like four pairs of jeans and eight cans of chili and a, a freaking <laughs> cat iron skillet. It's like this guy's not prepared for this hike, um, and he goes through. Um, a really fun arc in the film. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna say too much because I don't want to give away anything away. But, but he goes through a transformation in this film, um, which as an actor was really um, amazing to play. It was really, you know, you're sort of you feel fortunate when you're given these these you know layered characters where you have something to do with versus right. just a superficial uh, a superficial one. And 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 this whole script um, does go into that again. It's like. With this one, it's not just the scares. It's not just the horror. And for me, I'm a huge horror fan. Uh, you know, like I grew up watching Alfred Hitchcock and okay. Rosemary's Baby. And, you know, I, I'm, I'm oh, a classic. So when you go to just the scares and the cheese factor horror, there's a time and place for it. But it's not something that I'm going to necessarily invest in. Um, this this film has, has some layers to it, has some heart to it, which is which is nice. You care audience you know hopefully yes and of course august 27th it will be available for video on demand to pretty much all the yeah platforms. i believe so i think it's it's, it's going to come back into theaters for a little bit and then go okay, to good. streaming video on demand but the fact that we were able to play across the u.s was amazing you know yeah get to the theater man if, you, if it's at your local theater 
go see the stairs. I mean, it's it's looks pretty creepy and wild and fun, man. At the same time, so definitely right. a film to check out. And also reading here, Adam, um, Super Pups. You do some voiceover work as Jack <laughs> the Donkey. <laughs> yeah. You're pulling it all out. Yeah, I got hey, I got you also props. did some porn. I see you did a porn uh, movie. <laughs> we have to talk about the porn after the puppy. You got to have the IMDb Pro subscription to find that stuff, right? <laughs> uh, Jack the Donkey, yeah. Jack the Donkey. Um, yeah, that was a fun one. I actually, I actually voiced that um, when I was in Newfoundland. Um, nice. uh, the the team was in LA, and then I did some more stuff when I came back to to LA. Um, but that was one that, that was a surprise came out. I actually, I can't wait for that to come out. I don't know. When yeah. Um, but, um, I've always wanted to, to, to play a character, um, and to be Jack the donkey is, uh, is, is amazing. Now, again, I, I have never done porn, but you know, <laughs> it would be a great porn name. Um, <laughs> Jack the donkey. Maybe. That's good. But, no, no, no. Uh, in all seriousness, yeah, it, 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 yeah, it was uh, <laughs> it's a good one. It's it's uh, it's going to be a fun a fun show. I love it. I love it. Of course. Uh, wow. And then you did a recent episode of Lucifer as well that we can catch out uh, from last season, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah awesome. Yeah. So I know that uh, series is is about to have their final season. So that you're yeah you're a part of some really good television projects. Twilight Zone, Teachers, Imposters, Longmire, with the exception of Surreal Estate, what was been your what was your highlight television experience? Oh, uh, there have been some really some really uh, great projects. Um, uh, I loved playing Harry DaCosta in in the comedy Seed. That was a blast and, and oh. a huge highlight, but. I, again, I've been fortunate to, to work with a lot of great people. Like, um, I did a, an episode of a, a show called Science Seal Delivered, which was on Hallmark. Oh, and I nice. was with Carol Burnett. And for oh, me, wow. I, to, to, you know, I grew up watching Carol Burnett. So to be able to work with her was phenomenal. Um, you know, I was able to work with Carrie Ann Moss. You know, um, it was pretty in the matrix. You know, like, I was able to work with some really, really cool people. So I've been very grateful for it, for, for you know, the opportunities that I've had so far. Um, but it's only just the beginning, you know? <laughs> only just the beginning, yes. Yeah. So are there any dream yeah. projects left? Dream genres, directors, actors you like to work with? Anything in specific that you want to add to your already impressive? Um, yeah, I, hey, I would love to put me in a Marvel movie. I'm, I'm down. Yes! I think it's a goal. Give me something action. Like for me, if I could be like, um, if they, if they were remaking something, not remaking, but if they were making a film like Die Hard, give me John McClane. Cause I will, I mean, nice. I would love something like that, you All know, right. but like you could be Bruce's son, Spielberg's or Scorsese yeah. or, you know, yeah. Al Pacino, De Niro. Like for me, again, I grew up Godfather trilogy is one of my favorite films of all time. Um, yes. so, uh, that would be incredible. But awesome, you know, I'm awesome. going to do this until I'm dead. So yes, I've got, I've got a lot, a lot, a lot more time. Awesome. Well, Adam, this is incredible, man. We really appreciate you talking to us here on BTB Below the Belt Show. And before we end tonight's interview, if you could do a little promo, let us know who you are, 
throw out a plug for Surreal Estate and uh, the stairs. Let us know you're on below the belt and whatever you want at the end. Right. Hey, everyone. I'm Adam Corson on Below the Belt. Check out Surreal Estate, Friday nights, 10 p.m. on Sci-Fi. And check out uh, my new film, The Stairs, uh, which will be coming to some sort of streaming site, VOD, uh, August 27th. Love Below the Belt. Thank you. Yes. That was awesome. (laughs) Chachi, if you could uh, take the honors of taking our snapshots. Sure, sure. Awesome. All right, on the um, count of three, one, two, three. All right, <laughs> awesome. Adam, you're awesome. awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you. I thank you guys. Thanks so much Appreciate to you. P- a PR machine as well. Rachel, Mike, Grace, they're all amazing. Love PR machine. Love them all. All right. Thanks so much, guys. All right, thank Thanks. you. Guys. Thank you, Adam. Bye. Okay, Word. Bye-bye. All right, that was Adam Corson, Father Phil Orley on Surreal Estate, guys. What a great interview, man. That was a lot of fun. Awesome. Indeed, indeed. Really good guy. All right, let's move on to Walking Dead, man, or AMC for that matter. Um, If you had AMC Plus, Chachi, you could see the Walking Dead premiere one week early. Did you take advantage of AMC Plus? Not yet. Did you? Oh, man. Does that mean I should shy away from talking too much? About... Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, no, man. No, I... Tell Chachi who died. It's fine. Nobody died. Nobody okay. died. That was worth anything. But we it's not really spoiled oh, territory. Do you, hear, do you hear that? That was worth anything. So just but, some small characters died. But, but well, you, you see um the aftermath, first of all, of... Uh, <laughs> yeah, I try to be as spoiler as possible, but you know the he took his headphones off. If anybody's only listening and not watching, that's great. of Eugene, the Princess Yumiko, and Ezekiel after they're, they're captured by the Commonwealth. So they started to get qu- some questions, some really personal questions about even their hygiene art. Like, how many bowel movements do you take in a day? Because it's wanted- so interesting because I've stopped watching the show. So for to right. listen to you just try to describe this to me, it, it's like having somebody, I don't know, describe <laughs> daytime soap opera. It's just like, yeah, what is this extreme scenario you're you're giving me here? So the Commonwealth <laughs> is the latest community and the final storyline arc in the comic book. As you know, the comic books ended with the Commonwealth story arc, and so did so does the tv show so they're pretty much ending with the source material material for uh season 11 so they ventured away from the source material for a while and now they're sort of circling back not really they well they they tried to stay close to the source material for the major arcs but certain characters will die instead of other characters so they made some choices for example yeah i mean they got rick coming back for a bunch of movies didn't he die in the book Yes, that's right. He did die in the comic book. But they got him coming back for allegedly three movies, which I haven't heard anything about. Well, I think they're delaying production on that. I'm curious if they're even going to go that route because now they're going to have a Carol and Daryl spinoff. I know. I heard. And I really hope that it's not called Carol and Daryl because that would be (laughs) Right, right. It's interesting because uh, um, they actually talked about it briefly on – on uh talking dead they had a, a like a special talking dead episode um prior to the season premiere 
And he actually mentioned that it's going to actually have a very different look and a very different feel. Is what Norman Reed has said about the oh, Carol so may, it's okay, Chachi. We're all over the spoilers, so maybe it's going to be like a sitcom, like a single camera sitcom done in the style yeah. of Modern Family, where it's Carol and Daryl just trying yeah. to get through life in post-apocalyptic wasteland sort of stuff. Yeah. <laughs> a little bit, a little. I mean, I mean, he did say a different show, a different feel, and different look. So could it be a it's happier their version time? of WandaVision or something? Maybe, but you know some of the uh the cast is going to move on to this other show because they're going to want to continue the work, obviously, but um but basically um Norman said it's bittersweet. We've put so much time and work into this. It's been a big part of our lives for so long. You know it's going to end one day, but I think the news that it was ending uh shook us to be honest, but you know it's uh bittersweet, surreal. Um, it's a weird feeling, but at the end of the day, I mean, they are going back to, um, you know, at, once they end this season 11 of Walking Dead, they're coming back with this Daryl and Carol spinoff. So it's almost like Walking Dead is going to continue. Like, I mean, and th- this is going to start the new story arcs where there's no source material. So, um, but yeah, Chachi, no, I, I mean, it really, I mean, this is stuff that you expect to happen in the, the season premiere. It's, it's time to end it. It's the aftermath of, you know, the Yumiko, Eugene. Um, Dude, it's been time to end it. That show's um, been yeah. 12 fucking years, man. The Wall of the Lost, which is really crazy. So the Wall of the Lost is basically at the Commonwealth. All these photos of people. Have you seen me? Have you seen me? Have you seen me? Yumiko discovers that her brother is looking for her. And says that I have to stay here at the Commonwealth. And you, you'll get to see, I guess, the storyline developed from that. Um, and of course, um, some drama between Lauren Cohen, who plays Maggie, and um, Jeffrey D. Morgan, who plays Negan. As you know, they don't see eye to eye. Um, and I wonder very- why. <laughs> I know, right? Well, you know, is it Maggie, is it because he made it so she couldn't see eye to eye with Glenn? Right, I get it, I get it. That's I mean, a very holds, good. I mean, she holds a grudge, you know what I mean? It's, it's time to get over it. Yeah, seriously, look, but you the, baseball the bat is... someone's head into a fucking pancake. Just right, just, right. And this grow is up, man. It's Jeez. over. It's over. In Negan's defense, they kill a bunch of fucking saviors in their sleep. So who is really the bad guy here, you know, and everyone eventually loved the Negan character and loved Jeffrey Dean Morgan. So it's like if the characters on The Walking Dead and Alexandra hate Negan, but the audience loves Negan, um, it's going to be making for very interesting television. Um, And it was evident by what happened, which I won't reveal in this particular episode of BTB. But, you know, there is something that happens in that episode that kind of reveals where Negan lies in his forgiveness of Maggie or for the treatment and vice versa. Um, but you'll see it in uh, the season premiere, Chachi. I won't say anything more. All Although right. I, did, I did want to talk about it because usually you, you are very up to date usually on Walking Dead. But I don't have um, AMC+. Plus. Oh, you got rid of your AMC+. Plus? You got to get yeah, that yeah. password. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it was it was really cool to see it one week early though. I thought that was awesome. So overall, also on AMC, they're doing um, interview with the vampire. They they have the whole Anne Rice universe. I guess AMC bought the rights to create content based on Anne Rice's universe. The first one is interview with the vampire, where Sam Reed will be playing Lestat. 
Um, so this will be a series on AMC. Um, and also they're doing a TV adaptation of the lives of the Mayfair witches, which is in development. This is also based on Anne Rice's three book trilogy. Yeah, I think that the, um, the Anne Rice, um, um, stories have not been visited in quite some time and probably pretty underrated. I mean, who didn't love the inter- interview with the vampire movie with Tom Cruise? I thought it was fantastic. Oh yeah. You, either of you guys are, uh, were a fan of it? Of course. Um, I like, uh, it, it was a, tonally a little bit strange for me, but yeah, I, cause I, I came into that movie later in life. I didn't see it when it came out. Okay. I watched it uh more because just i mean when it came out i was younger and now i'm older um and tonally it was a little weird for me because it was like this weird sort of bromance vampire thing going on for a bit and then all of a sudden it went batshit crazy horror movie with heads getting knocked off in the back yeah absolutely so i was just like okay tonally it shifted a little bit but you know it was it was interesting but uh yeah i don't know just um yeah, I don't know. Vampires have always been an interesting thing for me. Yeah. All right, and other TV stuff. A um, couple uh, reboots and sequels and things like that. Of course, on Lifetime, we're getting a Highway to Heaven film series based on the 80s series starring Michael Landon. Josh, are you happy to hear this? Yeah. Um, which is an angel who sent who sent back to Earth to help others in need. So... Uh, they're going to do their, um, I guess, modern take on Highway to Heaven. Also, um, if you're a fan of uh, the MacGruber um, skit on Saturday Night Live, they're actually making an entire series on Peacock. Oh, why? On MacGruber. Wait, didn't yeah. the movie totally shit the bed or what? Yeah, it was like it was like a barely funny skit, and then they made a whole like hour and a half, two hour movie about it. Right. <laughs> I, thought I got an idea, guys. Let's take a skit where only three audience members laugh out of a house of a hundred yeah. and make a movie. They're taking right. another shot, guys, with an all-star cast with Will Forte, Kristen Wiig, Ryan Phillippe, Sam Elliott, Lawrence Fishburne, and just joining the cast, Billy Zane. Okay, well, Billy Zane's in. I'm in. Oh, you're in because of Billy Zane's in. If you get the asshole from Titanic and the Phantom on the screen, I'm down, man. Okay, cool. <laughs> and Back to the Future too. Yeah, that's oh, right. I keep forgetting he was one of those uh, those guys. Was he the one yeah. with the the 3D glasses, yeah. or was that the other dude? <laughs> I don't know. You can't remember. <laughs> so so uh, yeah, one of them was Flea, but you know, Flea, yeah, uh, yeah. so awesome that Flea was one of them, man. But it's an eight-episode series um, okay. based on the SNL sketch and film of, and film with the same name. Um, after rot, rotting in prison for over a decade, the ultimate hero and uber-patriot MacGruber, Forte, is released. And his mission is, mission is to take down a mysterious villain from his path, who is played by Rourke. Um, and with the entire world in the crosshairs, he reassembles his old team with Kristen Wiig. And Ryan Philippi to defeat the forces of evil. Wow. Okay. Sounds pretty cool. Um, also on Peacock, you're getting a Field of Dreams um, TV adaptation. Um, Field of Dreams. I mean, that was just, you know, the show, uh, the movie that I guess, yeah, it was fairly well received but does it really need a td adaptation i don't yeah, know yeah i mean it's a classic uh, movie but 
Right. Stuff can just come out and end, you know, like the story's told. You know, yeah. And, I, and I, I've been to the real Field of Dreams in Iowa. Oh, and, cool. And tour the house and everything. But, like, I don't know. They want to make money off of everything that was ever popular, ever. 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 Yeah. Whether it needs, like, a continuation or not. So I don't know what they could do with a series. I don't know, man. But one series that was popular um, that had a really successful sequel is The Connors. The Connors is actually tapping Jason Alexander of Seinfeld fame to join uh, the cast um, in a recurring role, um, making him the latest 90s icon to appear in the sequel series. So um, if you're a fan of Seinfeld, you're a fan of Jason Alexander, I'm sure your grace, Morgan Fab, will be turning in and watching. <laughs> Should be fun. <laughs> oh, man. All right. So um, real quick on Comic-Con. So got to promote AwesomeCon.com which is one of the premier cons in Washington, D.C. Um, now, due to CDC uh, regulations and state regulations, masks will be required at AwesomeCon. However, if you do want to meet your favorite celebrities, celebrities are allowed, and you are allowed to take your photo off for a few seconds during the duration of the photo. Um, but, you know, AwesomeCon has an incredible lineup. And we mentioned Back to the Future um, previously tonight that's right michael j fox and christopher Lo- christopher lloyd will be two of the featured celebrity guests as a uh, part of awesome con chachi are you excited about the possibility of of maybe i don't know if it's going to happen but interviewing michael j fox and christopher lloyd it won't happen so i'm not excited oh come on now <laughs> it's not gonna happen uh, i mean Hey, Blow the Buck Show is accredited press, man. We oh, are. I agree. I we agree. Are, definitely. We these... are in like shin. However, it doesn't guarantee our interviews. It, it won't happen, so. Oh, man. I wish you had more, uh, more, more uh, you know. One person I think we will probably get a chance to interview again um, because he was so gracious last time is uh, John Heater, Napoleon Dynamite himself. Uh, he was great. Yeah. He's going to be in attendance. Um I know uh, Art is a big Star Trek fan. George Takei will be oh, in the house. Yes. Yep, yep, yep. Um, for you um, uh, Power Rangers fans, the original Yellow Ranger Karen Ashley will be in the house. Oh, Speaking of which, I just met uh, the current um, modern Yellow um, Ranger in um, Jacqueline Silowski. She did an appearance also at... Hot. Yeah, she, you, are you a fan of hers? Oh, I'm just going off my memories of whatever. Sorry, I'm just being that guy. Oh, yeah, no, no, but you have seen... I'm her, on my uh, second beer after half a bottle of wine. Have you I'm seen um, as a... Morphin Rangers um, Beast Morphers? <laughs> the newest one on Nickelodeon? Uh, no. No, I did not check that part out. I okay, but, but you're right, she is very hot. <laughs> I knew it. I just knew it inside my heart and in my boner, so... But... I'll tell you, man, I am the biggest Star Wars fan. Um, I'll start with some of the lesser names. John Morton, who is one of the um, rebel uh, pilots from the original trilogy, will be making an appearance. But Chachi, we're going bigger than uh, that, aren't we? We have two actors from The Mandalorian. Oh, yeah. One of which is uh, the star of all the Rocky movies. Actor Carl Weathers will be in the house. Carl Weathers. Action is a, fucking Jackson. That's right. Action Jackson himself. <laughs> and of course, 
He appears in the Mandalorian season one and two, uh, who does an incredible job. I thought he did great. And of course, um, Giancarlo Esposito, guys, Gus from Breaking Bad. And of course, um, man, his evil role in, 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 in Star Wars Mandalorians, the final uh, season finale of season two. Oh man, that that was just great stuff, man. And Giancarlo definitely brought um, his acting chops and bringing that villain to life. Um, and the name of the villain is escaping me. Art, do you remember? Uh, I didn't watch season two, but I feel like I've heard about his name. Okay. I, it's it's literally escaping me too. Like I just can't remember. Um, Man, I want to find I, I it so it, I don't sound like, like an idiot, but uh, I know <laughs> we all know Gus from Breaking Bad. Chachi, can you help me? <laughs> what was the character of Giancarlo Esposito? I, I know it. I, I got it right here. I got it right here. He's uh, ah, Moff Gideon. That's what Moff it was. Gideon. Thank you. Yes. It was yes. literally on the tip of my tongue. I know. Yeah. Moff yes. Gideon. Moff Gideon in um, The Mandalorian. So, and Christina Ricci. Oh, um, what's she been up to these days? Christina Ricci is um, still looking amazing, by the way. We actually saw her, Chachi, when we saw her at Monster Mania. We did. Not too long ago. Um, but, you know, she had she had a kind of a, a series that kind of had a decent run on Netflix, but I never tuned into it. Um, but, um, yeah, I guess, you know, um, she's kind of doing the, the Comic-Con route right now. Maybe she's in between, as they say in Hollywood, in between projects. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. I, yeah. I don't know. Well, let's see. On her bio on awesomecon.com, um Well, she was in the Matrix 4 coming up, so She's in the Matrix 4 coming up. She was in the Amazon original series. That's right. This is a series I was thinking of. Z, the beginning of everything. Um and of course, you know, her past work was, you know, Lizzie Borden Chronicles and Mermaids, Adam's Family, Casper, Smurfs 2, Black Snake Racer, Moan, baby. And of course, Black Snake Moan, yes. But yeah, her recent series was Z, the beginning of everything on Amazon. That was like, like her latest project. And yes, The Matrix is going to be really, really dope for her. So well, yeah. I hope. I hope it's not Yeah, so because of the COVID variant and because of people still not doing what they're supposed to do and doing their part, um, we have a Delta variant. And temperature checks will be needed at AwesomeCon. Uh, masks will have to be worn in the building. That's unfortunate. I thought we were past that already, guys. Um, but um, New York Comic Con Chachi, even going a step further in October, they are requiring proof of vaccination to attend. Wow. Yes. So they're not requiring that for AwesomeCon. You don't have to necessarily have a vaccination to attend AwesomeCon. However, New York City, you know, those guidelines a little bit different everyone must wear the face coverings inside and um hopefully it'll be very similar you know maybe doing interviews or photo ops you can briefly take off your mask um i for one will bring my my vaccine card i don't know if that you know helps <laughs> but you know covid's you know you sent me this chachi that garth brooks is canceling his his uh stadium tour dates one of them right. being in baltimore yes. due to rising covid19 cases so we're um yeah, we're uh, we're a long way from uh, the end of this pandemic. I thought we were get. I thought we were there already, man. I know. I thought we were too. 
we still got a little little while left to go, man, and it's kind of a little yeah. disturbing, and it's uh, probably longer than a little. Yeah, it's kind of <laughs> pissing me off, man. Yeah. yeah, longer than a little, exactly. Ay yeah, yeah. All right, um, on behalf. Just a couple more things before we wrap up. Um, well wishes go out to Alyssa Milano, Chachi. You know, she was in a car crash. She she yeah. did not get injured. Her uncle had a heart attack while wow. driving and had a car crash. So um, her her uncle is still in the hospital. Um, so we wish Alyssa Milano, uh, you know, the best. I mean, she was great. You know, when we talked to her at the Crave Coalition event, got to meet her and her husband. Um, of course, she's been very opinionated with some of the things in lately and in, in politics and, and, oh, yeah. and that. But um, putting all that aside, I really wish her well. Really oh, sure. exactly, exactly. Yeah. So a couple of Me Too uh, things really quick. Horatio Sands, who actually appeared in The Mandalorian. You remember he was that blue creature? Um, oh, he's got some shit coming his way. He's got, wow. So apparently he's accused of grooming a fan from the age of 15, Chachi, giving her alcohol, groping mm-hmm. her against her will uh, when she was 17. Wow. Um, they were uh, in, in contact via... AOL Instant Messenger, you know, used to ask age, sex, location, right? Because you yep. wanted to make sure that they were of age, but Horatio right. didn't fucking care. He didn't care if she was 15. Apparently, like, you know, that that uh, he solicited inappropriate revealing photos from her. Wow. Man, Horatio, what are you doing, dude? Pretty sure that the defense of age ain't nothing but a number is not going to work. Right. <laughs> Very true. And of course, there's people that were the victim of the Me Too movement that may or may not necessarily been due to um, bad behavior. That's Johnny Depp. But he's basically saying he's been boycotted by Hollywood in his first interview since losing the libel suit, saying that he was a, a wife beater um, when there is actually audio evidence of Amber Heard beating on Johnny Depp. Um, right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Amber did not get canceled. Johnny uh, got canceled out of the Harry Potter Fantastic Beast franchise as Mad Mickelson is taking uh, his place. Um, we'll have to see how um, it happens for future projects. Um, but um, yeah, he's definitely going to have to uh, uh, maybe counter sue. I don't know what he has to do. Um, but um, yeah, it's it's pretty pretty crazy. And an actor from Titans on HBO Max, the subject of multiple investigations for his behavior on set. Um, he played the Scarecrow, which is an iconic villain. But apparently, he was a little villain in real life, guys. Wait, wh- who was this? On wh- what show did he play the, the, show the Scarecrow? Titans, the DC show. Oh, Titans. Oh. Yes, he played the Scarecrow on that. Yeah. So this is. Based on the superhero um, team in DC, yeah. and apparently would make inappropriate comments on set, and apparently um, had several complaints, um, not just once but multiple times, and he vehemently denies the allegations. Um, nonetheless, we have a couple rest in peace announcements. Um, award-winning comedian Sean Locke sadly had died from cancer at the age of 58. Um, Una Stubbs, English actress best known for a recurring role as Mrs. Hudson on the series Sherlock, has sadly passed away at the age of 84, um, surrounded by her family in Edinburgh. And Nancy Griffin, the Grammy-winning folk singer-songwriter from Texas, 
um, songs such as Love at the Five and Dime um, had died at the age of 68. Um, and with Death, We Celebrate Life, uh, those celebrating a birthday today, um, should we shout this guy out? Because he was kind of like one of the original Me Too guys, uh, Roman Polanski. <laughs> He's oh, that's, that's a tough one, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Robert Redford. Happy birthday, Robert All Redford. All right. 85. 85. 85, Ooh, wow. Lord. Yeah. Remember a com- comedian actor, Martin Mull? He is 78 today. Uh, comedian Elaine Boozler is 69. Dennis Leary is 64. Happy birthday, Dennis. Oh, wow. Jesus, he's getting old, man. Look I at that. know, right? 64. Madeline Stowe, another one getting up there. 63. She was beautiful, man. I mean, she probably still is, but man, she was beautiful. Uh, Christian Slater, gleaming the cube. <laughs> he's 52 today. <laughs> 52, yeah. I was yeah. surprised. I was almost always surprised about him that he wasn't bigger than what he was in his career. Well, you know, Mr. Robot. I mean, he's 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 always working. Yeah, he's always working. I mean, he's on Doctor Death now, and he is Doctor Death. Yes, True Romance, and he's he's had quite a robust filling, you know. Yeah, yeah. But I guess you're alluding to recent projects, right, Josh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Doctor Death is 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 a new one, and then uh, Mr. Robot. Um, Doctor Death. I thought he was a really good actor, and like I just yeah, thought he had a bigger career than what he had. Still doing he's his still, thing. Had a good career, yeah. He had a good career, but still doing his thing though. Yeah. Uh, uh, Edward Norton from Columbia, Maryland. He's 52 today. Happy birthday, Ed, who walked away from the, mm-hmm. the MCU. That was a bad yeah, move. Yeah, no. Oh God, yeah. Yeah. Malcolm Jamal Warner and his um his uh. There's Latrell shirt, Chachi, that you love. He's 51 Gordon, today. Gordon, Gordon Gattrell, yes. <laughs> yeah, he came. He came to the grand opening of Owings Mills Mall in Maryland. When oh, back in the day. Yeah. Oh wow. Well, if he comes back, there's no mall there anymore. So. <laughs> no. No, no shirts either. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Actor Caitlin Olson of It's Sunny in Philadelphia is oh. 46 today. Wow. 46. D. Wow. Sweet, sweet D. Yeah. Sweet D the bird. <laughs> Andy Sandberg from Brooklyn Nine Nine Saturday Night Live is forty three, and the lovely Madeline Pesh from Riverdale is twenty seven, and that is birthdays today. That's it. So, what a great show from top to bottom, man! Wow, this is a lot of fun. Huh? Got it all done. I can thank, of course, our special guest Adam Carson. You can check out on Surreal Estate on Sci Fi and his movie The Stairs. Like to thank, of course, the illustrious panel. First of all, podcaster, actor, editor, writer, Chachi. director, yeah, thank extraordinaire, you so much. Appreciate that. Art Hall. You do it all, man. You do it all. Thank I you for. I do. And of course, not, uh, not not all good, but he does it all. Yes. That, that's that's a very important qualifier. Thank you, Chachi. <laughs> Jack of all trades, master of none. Yeah. Jack of all trades and master of none. That's correct. <laughs> Art Hall, it was great hanging out in LA. Thanks for being the host with the most, and uh, had a lot of fun. Of course, you can oh, check out Art Hall's thing. podcast. That was disappointing and subversive cinema in all the podcast platforms out there, right, Art? That's right. You can find um, well, yeah, all of them. Spotify, Google, Apple, all that fun stuff. So yeah, just look around for uh, that was disappointing or subversive cinema. 
anywhere you can get your good and bad podcasts. (laughs) (laughs) And of course, the king of the 80s, the demotivational speaker, Chachi McFly. Yeah. I'm Al Celebrity Soto, and because um, I think Art mentioned Flea in um, Red Hot Chili Peppers, and I just got back from the amazing state of California, I figured a great closing cut would be Californication. Oh, okay. There you go. (laughs) (laughs) Californication (laughs) by Red Hot Chili Peppers is a classic cut. And on behalf of everybody here, we will see you guys next week. And until then, peace. And I think we have all learned some valuable lessons. This is your bot for the bad boys of Baltimore saying, Until next time, keep chilling. Like a villain. Bye, goodbye, 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 goodbye.